Kevin doing a very nice job uh, this morning. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate that. Filling in for the Schwani, who's, uh, well, we're going to talk to him in a few minutes. I, I have no idea where he is. He's on tour. He's on tour. Yeah. He got in the car and he just started driving. Yes. We'll find out where he is some other time. So uh, do we know about, have we ever done a getting to know you with Kevin? You know, I don't think we have. I think we want to learn everything about you. I think you've, I've done this show maybe once or twice with you, but I don't believe we've ever done that. No, you've been, you've had jam-packed shows. So uh, yeah, I'm in for that. You know, we always have time to learn about the people who are on the show. So what can you tell us about yourself? I've been in radio news for about three years now. I'm a Marquette grad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Cary, Illinois. Oh, very nice. So northwest suburbs. Um, Cary, had Illinois. some family uh, on the north side. I'm a huge sports fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Cubs. I'm a Cubs. I'm a north side guy. I'm a big Bears fan. And I love living in Chicago. I've been here about a year now. I live in Lincoln Park. It's great. It's during the summer. I've just It's been a great summer down here. I've been to a lot of games and concerts and festivals and i'm I'm really enjoying the city so you know love working at wgn too it's dream come true andy i don't know if you noticed that he hasn't said how much he uh loves being on the show yeah i know i think it's a a, a glaring omission yes right the uh wgn uh Mm. you know the 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 pillars of wgn such as you (laughs) and i Yeah, I have to say, working with Andy is a highlight of my week, oh, most weeks. Ooh, not every take, week. He takes the first shot, wow. all right. Yeah. Some wow. some some weeks. Not all. You know, he sometimes he gets out of here early and wants to yeah. record his sportscast. Get a little you know, crabby sometimes. No, yeah. that never happens. Yeah. We always play a game of guess if Andy's live or recorded. Yep. <laughs> That's one of our favorite things that we do on this show. Live or Memorex. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, buckle yourself in. It's always a bumpy ride, so... <laughs> Get it? Because it is a brand new day. Get it? Yes. Sad one, I have to explain them. (laughs) Two reasons for playing this. I love the song. I love Sting. Uh, Yet, I did not go to the Sting concert at Ravinia last night. Mr. Andy Mazur did. I did. To the show last night. Uh, And... What would be your review? I thought it was an awesome concert. I, I just thought it was a great night. I mean, you could have asked for a better weather night. Beautiful night out there at Ravinia. Be outside. It was, it was so crowded there. Uh, you, you couldn't really move. There was very. It was so funny because at one point, Sting's son actually opened up the show. Oh, really, uh, Joe? And you don't need a DNA test to know that he's actually Sting's son. Looks like him. Sounds Looks like and him. Sounds like him. But he had a joke. He said, uh, this just in from Ravinia Security. There has been located a five-inch square of grass over here. It needs to be covered immediately. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, it was it was absolutely, as far as the eye could see, there the were people. The lawn was people. completely packed. It was completely packed. Wow. And I'm not surprised. No, I'm not either. I'm not surprised. And it'll probably be the same tonight. He's doing another show there tonight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can, uh, I guess I could go to Ravinia.org. To find out if you can still buy a lawn seat uh, to get in there for uh, Sting tonight. But, uh, you know, I guess it's worth it. I always enjoyed. You told me you were sitting on the lawn. Yeah, we sat on the lawn. Because you had uh, some friends there and yeah. you were scrounging off of the food that they oh, of course. Uh, brought. So that's the thing. We have some friends. Uh, actually, Melina has. Uh, they're her friends that have become my friends. Um, that 
they're donors, so they have oh, the so ability get to the, get in at like four o'clock. Yeah, and then they cater. We had a little barbecue last night, and uh, you know, we brought our own drinks and everything. Wait, but, you had a barbecue at oh, Ravinia? They just had barbecue food there. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, like you barbecued brisket, and brought it. Yeah, brisket and chicken. And nice elote. Elote. That was good stuff. I love the elote. Yeah, good stuff. I love the elote. Uh, songs. You know, he was great. I mean, could uh, you please sing all of them? Uh, yeah, I'll recreate sing. Recreate them for us. You want to? You want to lose the audience here? But uh, yeah, he did a, a nice variety of of his stuff, uh, solo stuff, and some police things. Hmm. He actually, at one point, uh, about five or six songs in, he want, he has a new album, and he basically told everybody that he apologized, but he was going to have to play some new songs. And that's, he played, fu- he, that's funny that he would yeah. say that. And it was so, it was he so knows funny. That everybody hates when they when any artist does new music. They just want to hear the hits. He goes, but you know, this could be a hit one day, and you'll you've heard it first. Yeah, yeah. And then he sang one song. He goes, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? Okay, I'll do another one. And he did another that's one funny. off the new album. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, he finished up with uh, with some uh, classics from uh, from the police and did a little encore and it was uh, what was your, what was your favorite songs. song that he did last night? you know I, were you up and dancing at any point you know i was not were you up, up and, and doing your white guy dancing no i was embarrassed because everybody else around me was doing it so i figured one more was probably not going to be necessary at that point oh see that would have been my cue to jump right in yeah if other people were white people dancing white guy dancing yeah uh then i would have thought well how bad can i look yeah. <laughs> that's if, a good point if others are doing that yeah you know uh, i think you he, know who i see as be a big concert dancer Kevin Wells. I think so, too. You think so? He, he's, he's like yeah. a, the mosh pit kind of guy. Though. Yeah. I don't think he, he does the white man like dance. He seems like super serious. You know, back in my... Super serious young guy. But I'll bet... Let's his hair down, yeah. You start playing a song, and he's like Elaine Bennis on Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Uh, dancing. <laughs> Kevin Wells with little kicks. <laughs> That's you my know, favorite. Back in my, back That's in my, my favorite uh, dance. younger days, maybe. <laughs> Your younger days than now? <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, my gosh. Please stop it. I'm trying to remember the last time I was in a mosh pit. I think uh, Rise Against concert up in Northerly Island. I think was yeah one of those. I haven't been to a. I haven't been to like a, a big show like that in quite a while though. I would love to. I, I, we were just talking with Jess and earlier uh, this morning. Our producer she was saying that have you ever been to Ravinia? And I've, I've never been. I, I would really wow. like to go at some point. Yeah, well, I know. Andy, I, you said this was only your my second, second time. Yeah, second time. I mean, you know, being having a career in, in baseball like I did, it's really hard to get to. Uh, concerts in the summertime right. because you're always you're always you're busy working. yeah so yeah this was the second time last year i saw yacht rock review i'm gonna see them again on thursday uh but this was it was it was a pretty amazing there was a lot of energy i mean it was a lot of energy i think you know brand new day one of my favorite songs he did a nice little rendition of everything little listening shows is magic uh, it was a different oh, yeah. kind of version than oh, yeah. uh, than you're used to hearing and he he got everybody going. I mean, toward the end, it was it was great. I mean, so lonely, king of pain. Right, every breath you take. There's no shortage of material for him. No. And f- I, from which to draw. That's for sure. There were some notable omissions, as far as I was concerned. Like, but I thought that he would play. If you love somebody, set them free. Did oh, not. Yeah. That's a good standard. We'll be together. Did not. Every breath you take. Did he, he did that at the end. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, love is the seventh wave. One of my favorite huh. underrated songs of Sting. And I thought there was an outside chance that he was going to play Russians because I thought maybe he was going to make some political thing that yeah. some artists do, but he, he stayed away from that, which is okay. Englishman in New York? Englishman in New York was there. Yeah, He was, did that? He did that. He likes his toast done on both sides. Doesn't drink coffee. Drinks tea, my dear. <laughs> Little All This Time went, going, went on there. If I ever, ever lose my faith in you. Fields of Gold. There is no... I, I've seen him uh, in concert several times, and then... He was here, uh, I don't remember the name of the play. He wrote the music for a play. Eh, I'm not going to remember. 
somebody will remember and text or, or call it in. But he, uh, you know, in in the lead up to all of that, he did a little, a little like kind of mini concert uh, over at the um, the theater that's at uh, Water Tower, a tiny little theater, mm. to introduce the play. But he comes on stage with his guitar, and you know, you're treated. It's it's like seeing Sting at Park West, or you huh. know, it's like a tiny little place uh, to see him perform. But I've I've seen his shows before, and. Uh, he's great, and doesn't he seem just completely effortless? Yeah, and he's seventy. While he's performing, he's seventy years old, and, and I'm telling you what, I, I will sign up for that uh, for that age first of all, yeah. and I'll sign up to look as good as he does it at age seventy and, and putting on a, an hour and a half show, and you know, in in the summer. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, he's going to do it again tonight. Yeah, same same thing. Uh, you know, same same place uh, up at Ravinia and Highland Park again. Uh, tonight for a show and the best thing if, if you're living in the city uh just get to the ravenswood stop on the metro and with your ticket to ravinia it's a free ride and it'll that's take you right greatest. to the gate yeah that's the greatest thing yeah it takes you right to the gate you avoid all the parking and uh they have plenty of trains uh on the way home they, they guide you to them if you're, as you're leaving so there's no worry about you know missing a train coming back to the city and uh, it was, uh, the, I mean, I'm sure the trains were packed, right? But yeah, you know, it was still. funny. It was packed on the way there. It really wasn't all that. Our train car was not that crowded on the way back. I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you. But we started making our way toward the front uh, just as he concluded the, the final song before the, uh, before the encore. Because you could still hear. So we figured, let's get, let's get a head start. Right. And you could still hear. And then we got on the train. I'm uh, I'm on their website ravinia.org right now, and uh, it appears as though all the seating options are currently sold out. Yeah, check back as tickets may become available at a later date. If donated back to Ravinia, or consider another seating area in the park. Except that I checked all of the seating yeah, areas none. on here. There there are none. Uh, pavilion sold out. Uh, one hundred and seventy to two hundred dollars, by the way, for, yeah. for a pavilion seat. Yeah, the lawn seats were sixty five. Sixty five for yeah. general lawn yeah. admission. Yeah. But they they have this new thing now called premium lawn blocks, huh. where you can buy a block reserved for two, four, or six people. Oh, that's right. They started that with COVID. Remember? They started that when they came back from COVID. Yeah, I remember to that. Keep people separated, mm-hmm. but people liked it so much because you could reserve a spot on the lawn. And you didn't have to find your two inches uh, to yeah. put down your, you know, everything that you brought from Crate and Barrel. Exactly. Uh, uh, to uh, Ravinia. Your Ravinia table. Your <laughs> table. Uh, and those lawn blocks are 170 bucks per person. But general lawn uh, seats, uh, just to sit on the lawn, 65 bucks. Yeah. I, all in all, I, I a really great night. A lot of good friends out there. And I, I think, you know, judging by just the, the energy again, I think everybody had a, a really good time there last night. Let's take a, a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll find out where Schwani is. He's been on vacation uh, this week and couldn't stand to be away from me for uh, a <laughs> Sunday. So he checks in coming up next. WGN. on the road again. It is 925. This is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Those of you speculating, where is Dave Schwan this morning? Some of you asking, is he doing the Chicago Triathlon? No. He's not. 
was he playing triangle in Sting's band at Ravinia last night? He was not. He was not. He was not. Schwani is on the road again. Good morning, my friend. Well, good morning, Dean. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. It is a beautiful morning in Occoquan, Virginia. Occoquan, Virginia, you say? Yes, Occoquan, Virginia. We are 25 miles southwest of Washington, D.C. It is the home of Gilda, and Gilda has been just marvelous, uh, taking me around town here and around the area here, showing me uh, the beautiful state of Virginia. And we had a great three days at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Yeah, Gilda being the lady friend to which you have referred. Yes, yes. Lady friend. Lady friend. <laughs> My dear friend, yes. Yeah. Uh, so explain this trip. I mean, this is another one of your uh, your road trips, right, that you're on? Yes. Uh, actually, a flying trip, but a combination of... Oh, a, we fl- wow, you actually got on a plane. We flew in to uh, D.C. Uh, after the show last week on okay. Sunday. All right. Gilda picked me up, but we were indeed on the road. Um, on uh, Tuesday, we just drove to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. It's one of uh, the places that Gilda has enjoyed for so many years, going back to the 1970s. A great uh, resort town on the Atlantic Ocean. What a beautiful beach and a boardwalk, all kinds of neat nice. stores and businesses and yeah. restaurants there. Not to mention perfect weather. Yeah. Uh, that at any point, did uh, Gilda buy a T-shirt that says, I'm with stupid? <laughs> Pointy. <laughs> she already has it. Okay. <laughs> and it points toward me. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, that was sort of the assumption. <laughs> I was going to buy a shirt. I saw a shirt that said, grumpy. Ah. I was going to that way. I don't, I don't know who you would possibly get that for. But... <laughs> um, so, so you're having a great time. We are. This is just a beautiful, beautiful area, yeah. and I and uh, Occoquan has. We we use the word so often charm, but that's exactly what this town is: yeah. charming and full of all kinds of history. Uh, as I say, 25 miles southwest of Washington D.C. And uh, a, a population is 1,100 people, so it's nice. a it's a very small place, and uh, a, a beautiful place to come and relax and and have a, a great vacation. I'll be here until Thursday. Yeah, but you'll be back here next Sunday morning because you miss me so much. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought. So. Actually, I'll be back there because it's my job. But <laughs> and, and you miss me so much. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Hi, Shawnee. <laughs> but he, this is how much he misses me. He wa- he said, I'm on vacation. This is the time I should just be relaxing. But I would like to do the far-flung forecast while I'm on vacation. Is that correct? That's right. That's been a tradition. Every time we've been on the road, yeah. uh, we've done Sure. So without fail, and despite public opinion... It is time once again for our mobile far-flung forecast, our fascinating compendium of uh, information. Here now with the latest, Dave Rand McNally-Schwan. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. 
Friends and neighbors, get out your compasses and protractors because our far-flung forecast is right where I am today, Occoquan, Virginia. It is spelled capital O-C-C-O-Q-U-A-N, a population of 1,100, and it, it was established around 1734. It goes back that far mm-hmm. and uh, was first uh, uh, discovered, if you will, or um, explored by Captain John Smith mm-hmm. in 1608, who wow. helped settle Jamestown, the mm-hmm. first European settlement in the United States. But it does go back to 1734. The term Occoquan is derived from the Dogue. Uh, Native Americans that lived here, meaning grove of trees. And that makes perfect sense because there are so many beautiful wooded areas around here. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll bet Andy, I'll bet he's explaining all the trees. Yes, he is, just like he did on our walk. To Gilda. Oh, boy. Poor poor Gilda. No wonder she called me this morning. Deciduous, (laughs) whatever. Did you call him this morning? Okay. He called me this morning. How do I get rid of him? Uh, there are there is a combination of deciduous trees and beautiful pine trees also, <laughs> but uh, the grove of trees is certainly stands to reason. But uh, eleven hundred people here, all kinds of neat uh, stores, great restaurants. Man, we have had good food. Gilda treated me to a wonderful dinner on my birthday this past Monday at a restaurant called the Secret Garden. It was just a, a magnificent setting. And uh, the history here is just unbelievable. Uh, You know, going back to 1734, there are buildings that were built in the mid-1700s that are still standing here. Think about that. Before the the, uh, Revolutionary War. By the way, way, Shwani, Kevin Wells just sent me a a text saying, tell him to wrap it up. I've got a newsroom to run. (laughs) I will. I want to. I want to uh, thank. I want to thank Mayor Ernie Porta. Oh my God! Oct- you're, wait a minute! You're thanking the mayor? <laughs> yes, sir. Where's, where's the music to play him off? What's, oh, jeez. Okay. Okay. But we had a great visit on Friday. Uh, we had a great <laughs> visit with the mayor, and uh, he, he took us around and gave us all kinds of great information here about uh, Occoquan, which is a wonderful place to visit if you're ever in the D.C. area. Twenty-five miles. Outside of D.C., we have sunny skies and 80 degrees here. Yeah. Andy, can you tell that he's trying to get a free meal at the IHOP? Yeah. There with all the (laughs) thanking the mayor. Name dropping, yeah. Yeah, trying to get the key to the city. Schwanny, have a safe (laughs) trip home. We'll see you next week. I-39, Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN with our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, joining us as always to talk uh, all things health, all things COVID, all things monkeypox, just just all things that we need to know right now. Kev, good morning. Thanks for joining us as always. Good morning, Dean. Beautiful day out there today. It is uh, so gorgeous. Have you ever done one of these triathlons that's uh, going on right now? Um. No, it's the running and swimming part that I really would. I, I think you have to run quite a distance. I, yeah, I'm only good if someone's chasing me. That's, well, that's that's what I said. I've always said that for uh, you know for marathons that I would only run that far if somebody was chasing me. It's a uh, six mile run. It's a twenty four mile bike ride, and a mile long swim. 
That's what they're doing out there today. That's yeah, great. I mean, to be in pretty good shape to, to do all that. Yeah, I think the mile swim is probably the hardest part, especially you know swimming in Lake Michigan is not the easiest uh, yeah. uh, body of water to swim in. Yeah, so that, they have to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I would. I think like everybody has their own uh, you know strong uh, part. I would think that a bike ride would be easy because you know you're seated. Oh. And it's a relatively flat surface. So that, you know they're they're doing the bike ride on Lakeshore Drive, uh, but uh, that seat's got to be uncomfortable. I would say after about mile three. <laughs> yes, I yes. don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever been on a bike a twenty four mile bike ride before. And I don't think swimming would be that. I mean, swimming you can kind of go at your own pace, right? I mean, the idea well, is yeah, to but, get it done quickly, but you can kind of. Yeah, but- you get, but Dean, if you're the only ones with the little floaty things on your arms, that kind of <laughs> with the rubber you know, duck, with, with the little rubber ducky floaty things on me, that's a little, that is a little embarrassing when you get out. Yeah. There. You're very correct about that. That's why you're the doctor. So, uh, one of the top stories uh, in COVID this week is uh, this lawsuit that Moderna has filed against Pfizer and uh, BioNTech uh, for pay, a patent infringement on COVID vaccine technology. I don't know the ins and outs of this uh, lawsuit, and I'm not even sure that it's relevant to most people. I I only ask in that, is this going to slow things down for people uh, trying to get the, the, you know, the new booster, uh, getting any shots or or is the legality of something like this? Will will that get in the way of people's health? Yeah, I don't think so. And it's interesting, right? When we had this, when COVID first came, we made this vaccine, the companies that made it, we were all playing nice. You know, we're nice in the sandbox. Now that we've gone down a ways, and now the companies are starting to look at what the financial rewards are for this technology going forward. So it's not so much just about the the COVID vaccine, but it's about the mRNA um, ability to use that to build, to make vaccines. So they're looking down the road. I don't think it's going to have an immediate impact now. And I think that if, if one, if one company wins, um, certainly they're going to have to ramp up because the demand for vaccines is not going to slow. Yeah. Well, if anything, when this new, uh, booster comes out, you know, I presume everyone's going to want the latest and greatest. I, I would hope that, that they would, because, you know, it's already shown how effective uh, these boost, the, the vaccines and the booster shots have been at keeping people who get COVID from having serious effects like they did when all of this started. Uh, you know, I, I would hope that the, the, the legal monkey business that's going to go on now, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't affect people's ability to, uh, you know, get what they need to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, that would just be one more misstep in the series of missteps we've had. So certainly we would hope that let's go for the best health of the community and the best health of our nation and the world. And then you guys figure out what you need to later. But uh, let's not impact what's going on right now. That's all we need is for you know a new surge to come. And, and like you said, this new vaccine is not only preventing you from hospitalizations and death, but it's actually preventing the illness which is exactly what we want, yeah. you know, even with the influenza vaccine. Yeah, that's what we wanted uh, in the first place. Uh, the uh, side story to all of this now is that uh, President Biden's uh, administration is saying that they are planning on offering the next booster to Americans 12 and older shortly after Labor Day. Given the problems that we've had with rollout of vaccines, does that seem 
realistic? Like that could actually happen? Um, you know, Labor Day is next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know. I know we have all put in our orders for the vaccine. The FDA meets this week, but for them to approve it, ship it, and the logistics of just making sure that everybody understands what the vaccine is and who gets it, and like you said, the you know the United States is saying hey, everybody over the age of twelve. Well, Pfizer's booster is over the age of twelve. Moderna's booster is for eighteen and over. So again, we're going to have this confusion of, wait, he's 14. Oh, he can't have Moderna. He has to go to a different place and get Pfizer. Now, uh, with all of this, I mean, once it becomes available, I want to get it. I, 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 you know, I hope everyone will make their own personal decision on that. But in the meantime, uh, you know, there are other uh, vaccines. You know, I was uh, just getting my uh, annual and it's like if you had your um, your uh, vaccines for pneumonia, if you had your vaccine for shingles, if you had your flu shot yet, you know, all of these things. Should I just, you know, be on a regular schedule with all these other vaccines while I'm also working the, all the new uh, boosters into the regime as well? Well, you know, the, the good thing about the pneumonia and the shingles is it's kind of a I don't want to say it's a one time because you get multiple ones, but it's not like you're going to get that every year. The every year vaccine is going to be, you know, obviously influenza, and certainly it looks like it's going to be a COVID and influenza. Um, but the importance of getting uh, keeping vaccinated is two things. One, it decreases the spread, so we don't have huge outbreaks of influenza or many more uh, huge outbreaks of COVID. But also protects you. Anybody who's had true influenza or had COVID and had symptoms goes, gosh, I'd rather have a little jab in my arm right. than going through the symptoms that, that you, many people have had for you know, seven to ten days. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it uh, as well. Uh, and, I, you know, you, you can jab me in my arm as many times as you want if I don't have to go through that uh, nightmare that I went through. In what I call classic COVID, when I had it, was be, before there was a vaccine, and it was horrible. Uh, give me as many uh, you know punctures in my arm as you need to to keep me away from something like that from happening again. I want to talk about re- rebound uh, COVID that's very much in the news now. I want to get to uh, phone calls and texts for Dr. Kevin Most. As always, 312-981-7200. All next. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. And Rose, you are on the air with Dr. Most. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, What my question is, is that when would I be eligible for the booster? And here, let me just give you the details. So I've got my second booster, my husband and I, and that was middle of April, April, I think it was April 18th, and we are going to Europe at the beginning of October. So we're hoping that we'd be eligible for the new booster um, sometime in September, if you know, that would be about five months from the date we first got, the, or that we last got the booster. So yeah, Rose, you, <clears throat> I think, Rose, that you will be fine, and you definitely will be able to get it before. I even think that they're going to shorten that from probably five months to three months. I think that we really want to curtail this BA4, BA5 as much as we can right now. And we know that some of the timing of the vaccines, five months, six months, but I think you're going to see them shorten this. 
but certainly I would get it just before you go. You should be fine with that. Yep. That's good. That's a, that's what we were hoping to hear because we're you know we don't want to be sick over there. We're going on a river cruise and we're trying to stay healthy. Very nice. Good. And then you know the nice thing about river cruises now is you can spend a lot of time outside. So you know yeah, get some fresh air while you're doing it and stay away from other people because you've been vaccinated. You don't know what their condition is. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. a good way to stay safe. Good luck with all that. Have a great trip. Thank you. The eight four seven area code says since I got COVID last summer. My calves and feet have been numb, painful, and stiff. Uh, does Dr. Most know about developing neuropathy during these long-haul symptoms from COVID? Yeah, you know, the long-haul symptoms have been so widely, I mean, everything from heart to brain, fro- brain fog to, to muscle. So certainly he could have some inf- inflammation there. There are other uh, conditions that can cause neuropathy. So you certainly want to make sure that those have been eliminated. You know, make sure that you're not a diabetic. You know, we have a lot of diabetes right now and a lot of neuropathy from diabetes. And there's other conditions. So certainly I would see your uh, general practitioner or a neurologist to discuss it. And because now we do have some medications that can actually help. Uh, the 314 area code, should there be a time gap between a shingles vaccine and COVID booster, uh, are they okay at the same time? I'm a healthy woman, late 50s. Thank you. Love the show and the segment. Thank you very much for that. Uh, what's uh, the answer to the question, Kev? Yeah, the answer to that question is I would get the COVID now because get the COVID vaccine now. I, I, I make the analogy of a race versus a marathon. The shingles vaccine is going to protect you for decades. Where this is, we have the immediate concern right now with what's going on with COVID. So, Certainly get that. You can wait about a month and get and start your shingles because shingles, again, is two shots, and you want to make sure you get the shingrix. That's the good one. Um, and uh, certainly that is important. If anybody's had shingles, you know the importance of having that vaccine, which is so highly effective. Yeah, and somebody else asking uh, pretty much the same question about uh, the time lapse between a pneumonia shot and a COVID vaccine. Yeah, you know, if you look at what they're doing with pediatrics, you know, pediatrics, they're giving them all together. I, I just kind of say, you know, let's try to spread these out a little bit. Let's let your immune system, which is smart enough to figure this out, but I would still spread those out. Again, the pneumonia shot is protecting you from getting a bacterial pneumonia. It's going to be uh, protecting you again for years versus what we re- need right now. So if you're up for a COVID booster and you're going to wait for this booster to come out, hopefully in the next week, then wait a month and go ahead and get the pneumonia shot. Uh, start the pneumonia series as well. Yeah, prioritize. The the COVID shot is the most important right now. And, uh, you know, the others, uh, you know, get them as soon as you can after that. This is Jim on the line, 312-981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Hey, Kevin, I'm so glad to hear somebody else say about separating vaccines. As a pharmacist, I've been, I've been pushing that forever, separate these vaccines out. But anyway, my question was, is we got, are we going to have a supply problem like we did with the first vaccine where, where f- people are waiting two, three, four months before we're, we're getting it, which means possibly after the holidays? Yeah, Jim, you know, one, thank you for your service, because I'm sure you put a lot of COVID vaccines into people's arms as we're using pharmacies as our key distribution, get it in the 
in the community as quickly as possible. You know, we've we've ordered of what 170 million doses. The production is already happening, but I do think that there is going to be a supply issue as well as how we're going to do the distribution fairly to make sure that we're going to get enough out there. Um, I, I my concerns are right there with you. I uh, hopefully we have this well before well a big big enough supply well before October. Um, as you're going to start to enter the holiday season, you want to make sure we have full protection. Uh, Jim, thank you very much for your call and uh, for your service as well. And uh, Dr. Kevin Most, thank you uh, for all that you give us uh, every single week. It's great to talk to you, and I hope you have a great Sunday today. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. So how about those bears last night? How about it, huh? Just a, a good things to come you for can, the bears this year? You can certainly hope. Obviously, oh, you, I hope so. you can't really... Uh, judge a whole lot by preseason you don't know uh, exactly what cleveland was doing with their defense if they were not trying to show anything and but it is a good thing when your quarterback starts to get a little confidence especially after uh, a rocky season a year ago and you know you can you can you can see things starting to to click for him a little bit which is really good uh, have we had seasons like this where preseason was really good which i the bears preseason uh-huh. has been good and then things fell apart? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah? That's, yeah. Oh, that has happened. Oh, it's before. happened, yeah. Because, you know, you, you get injuries. You uh, Again, you can't judge a whole lot by, by preseason. They were th- they were undefeated, I think, in 1994 uh, as well. And I don't remember exactly that that season turned out to be a, a real a good one. But, you know, it just, it's, it's, such a, it's such a weird game because the NFL has, has got a lot of parity. There, there's certain teams that are just high and above everybody else, but then there's a group in the middle that's just kind of everybody's the, almost equal. So it just depends on what you do that day. Unfortunately, that's uh, kind of one of those uh, things you really can't predict. And, you know, if I predict that they're going to do well, yeah, you know what's going to happen. That's so I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut. Whatever Andy says, uh, <laughs> bet opposite. Yeah, you fade it. That's what you do. That's uh, the gambling terms. Just fade <laughs> you it. fade it? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Well, look at you, Diamond Jim. Yeah. Who knew that? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Northwestern, too. That was awesome. Over in Ireland. Yeah, that was great. I tell you what, Dave Ennett, he, he, had, he sounded like a kid in a candy store yesterday, not just because his Wildcats were winning. but well, you know he's full of Guinness. While exactly. He's, he's Guinness and uh, corned beef and cabbage of, and all uh, that fish stuff. Fish and chips and yeah. Right, yeah, all that, right. Mark Carmen was dressed as a leprechaun on the sideline. It was all good. You <laughs> like, know? When isn't he dressed <laughs> yes, like a leprechaun? That's a good point. Really. But you know what? It was it was a great great way to start a season for Northwestern. North uh, Northwestern lost to Nebraska last year, fifty six to seven, and mm-hmm. they they redoubled their efforts to as you just heard my uh, in the, the sound club I just played from from Pat Fitzgerald. They want to get that Wildcat way going again. They want to play, they want to be a, t- a team that's tough and that's going to play you. Uh, it may not win, but it, it's going to play you tough, and you're going to know that you played the Wildcats. And I think that that uh, certainly was a good start for them. Yeah, and we'll have uh, the Wildcat games here on uh, the big uh, WGN. Yep, something about those even year cats, huh? Yeah, I mean they, they, they were that true. Fingers. Yeah, they yeah. were. Is that true? In 2020, they mm-hmm. were in the Big Ten championship game. In 2018, they were in the Big Ten championship game. And in 2019 and 2021, they were three and nine. I love facts like that. Yeah, <laughs> there was a pitcher. Schwanny was Schwanny would never give no, us no, facts no. like that. There was a pitcher yeah, a long I think time I'm, ago. I'm liking Kevin on the show here. Yeah, I think I'm, you I'm know, enjoying I'm, Kevin I'm Walls vote, on gonna, the show. I'm going to vote of uh, a vote of confidence. Wow, yeah. that yeah. means yeah. a lot. I guess I'm vote of confidence. You, you want yeah. me here next Sunday? Uh, Keep Schwanny out and where's he? Yeah, wherever he is. What's the name of the town again? Okamoka, Okamoka. whatever he was talking about. Okeechobee. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, that's that's Florida. Wait, sorry. Yeah, it's a good thing he's been sucking up to the mayor over there. Yeah, maybe he can get a job in his cabinet there. Yeah, maybe get a, a, a job at Okanoba 103.5. <laughs> Jess called him over a walking there. encyclopedia. Yeah. About a, yeah, I'm enjoying the Kevin Wells on the show yeah, here. Yeah, me too. Today. Uh, oh, anyway, so we'll uh, we'll talk. Uh, Dave, is Dave in it back? That's what I was going to ask. Is he back tomorrow? No, uh, I'm in for him on uh, Monday and Tuesday. They're, they're coming back. They're spending a couple extra days there. Uh, it was built into their travel plans because they didn't want the kids doing a whole bunch of stuff, sightseeing anything before the game because mm. it was such an important game. Uh, so they're, they're, they did a dinner last night. There's a lot of family members that made the trip. And Pat Fitzgerald discovered that he had some family in, in Ireland as well. How do you not when, you, when your name's Fitzgerald? Exactly. He had about 50 tickets out for the game yesterday. And they fed nearly 600 people what? yesterday after the game. It's extended family, uh, players, their families, and you know, like I said, fifty player, uh, fifty uh, miles to feed there on the on the Pat Fitzgerald list. So they had a big dinner yesterday. They're going to go see some sights uh, today, which is it's already uh, it's seven hours it's ahead. It's so yeah, it's afternoon now. there, right. and then they're they're going to board a plane and come back. I believe they're coming back Monday afternoon uh, Ireland time, yeah. and then uh, arrive sometime early in the morning on Tuesday. So Dave will be back on the uh, on the airways on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I would pay any money for Dave to have a really thick brogue when he comes back. Yeah. And playing the bagpipes on Bob Sriracha. Yeah, he can uh, he can talk to Brona over there at Channel 9 and <laughs> right. they can, they can compare, their, <laughs> compare their brogues. Yeah, yeah. compare their brogues. Yeah. Exactly right. When you kiss your mouth among the fields of gold. It's taking me back to my smooth jazz days. We played this song over at the WNUA maybe as much as we played Kenny G, which was considerable. By the way, I'm just starting to like this song again. <laughs> you can relate to this, Andy, can't you? Be oh, yeah. A DJ where you like a song originally, oh, yeah. and then you play it to death on the radio. And you can't stand hearing it anymore. Yeah. And that was that was life is a highway for me when I first heard yeah. it from Tom Cochran. And now if it comes on, I, I it's Cram- like Kramer with uh, with Nan, Nan, uh, what's her the Entertainment Tonight. Uh, Mary Hart. Mary- Remember he had a little <laughs> he had a little seizures when she heard her and hear her voice. That's kind of how I am with uh, Tom Cochran's Life Is a Highway now. Yeah, I've, I have to go on a little vacation from some of these songs when I was a music DJ. I would have to go on a little vacation from some of the songs. Yeah, I I, I don't blame, blame so much. But uh, he is Sting. Uh, sang, Andy was at the Sting concert uh, last night at Ravinia. He he sang that one. Yeah, he got that one in there. Uh, Fields of Gold. He he did a lot of stuff. I mean, it was about you know eighteen nineteen songs. How was played. his son? His son, you said his son was his opening yeah, act. His son was, Sting Junior, as I like to call him. Little now. baby Sting is what I baby like to call sting. him. Yeah, baby you know, he gets sting. stung by a little bee. It's a little baby Sting. Uh, I thought he was good. I mean, it, it, is I, his music similar to his dad's? It's a little similar. It, it's it's more folky. I want to say uh, he did a couple of songs that he dedicated to his kids, like lullaby kind of things that were really kind of kind of catchy. Um, but he had a great personality. I mean, I, he was he was carrying things there. The first half hour, it was just it kind of set it set a good mood. It set a good tone for uh, for the show. And he was done, and there was about a fifteen minute or so break in between, and then um, then Sting came out, and it was it was ready to ready to go. Yeah, how old is the son? Twenties, thirties? I think he probably in his thirties. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. He's he said he had some grown kids, so I'm you know imagining thirty, maybe even pushing forty. Yeah. Good looking. Yeah, both, you know, both Sting and his wife are like yeah. incredibly gorgeous, both of them. Yeah, I told you earlier. I mean, I would sign up for getting to seventy first of all. 
and then looking like he does, <laughs> you know? I mean... You know, he, why you're making 70 sound like it's ancient? Well, to, you know, to us uh, 55-year-olds, you know, 70 is, you know, yeah. way down the yeah, road. you'll have a new perspective on that <laughs> yes, soon. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at, uh, I was doing, you know, back in the old days where I, <laughs> where I used to go to L.A. all the time to do interviews. I ha- I, I've only done that like twice since the pandemic. There's hardly any travel. Everybody asks me all the time, so are you still traveling all the time? No, I'm nope. not. Thank goodness. Uh, but I get in an elevator of a hotel once, and, uh, you know, I, I get in. The doors close. We go down, you know, a couple of floors. The doors open. In gets Sting. Huh. And uh, what's his wife's name? Trudy? I think it is, yeah. I think it's Trudy. Sting and Mrs. Sting. Uh, Sting get in, and Mrs. Sting. Get in the elevator. And, you know, you, I, you don't really react with, you know, I, I say hello when people, when I'm in an elevator, I'll say hello when somebody gets in, but I was scared to say anything. So it was before I interviewed him. Yeah. <laughs> now we're old friends. Good, good pal. Because I interviewed him like eight years ago or something, <laughs> which uh, we're going to we're going to uh, replay that interview, uh, by the way. We looked through the archives. We found it. And uh, it's when he was in town, he had a, a musical called The Last Ship that did not do that well uh, on Broadway. It played you know for a little while here pre-broadway run and then went to new york and uh, was not very successful on broadway but still uh an interesting interview with sting uh that we'll uh, share coming up in uh in uh, just a little while so stick around for that uh we have uh, mr frank ferrante who's going to be joining us live in studio he starred uh, caesar in uh the the uh, theatro zinzani uh, that was over uh, in uh, downtown Chicago. And there's a brand new show that now is going to be opening. Same spot at the Hotel Cambria that uh, Frank is going to be starring in. So he'll tell us all about that coming up in uh, just a little while. So I had an interesting experience. While you were uh, packed into Ravinia mm-hmm. last night, I went to dinner with some friends. I'm not going to say where because I don't want this to reflect badly on the restaurant. Okay. But it's the first time that this has ever happened at the restaurant. We're sitting with friends and having a lovely dinner, and there was a power outage. Huh. Restaurant goes completely dark. Wow. So, like, you know, what do you do? Here's what I did. I kept eating. Yeah, well, you should. <laughs> Order <laughs> more drinks. i to reheat yeah. it for you, so. <laughs> Order some more drinks. I was thinking, like, well, can I steal while the lights are out? Uh, but. You know, the the staff of the restaurant, you know, they're going nuts trying to figure out what to do, how to get the lights on. But when the, with, uh, I, I guess it was a power outage. I never really found out what happened. I don't know if it was, you know, like, a, you know, the whole block went out or the whole region or it was just the restaurant or, you know, what, what, what the deal was. But when the lights went out, like emergency lights went on inside the restaurant, you know, not not very many, but there were some emergency like floodlights that went on so you could kind of see a little bit but it was uh, it was kind of like dark and romantic huh. i recommend blackouts uh, to all of you <laughs> for for future dining experiences yeah, there you go yeah uh coming up the brand new feature on the program what i learned in the elevator coming up i'm glad you brought that up because i was taking pictures last week <laughs> 
of some of the things in the elevator. Yeah, we'll see if we we'll see if we match. Okay, in a minute. I don't know I, how often do they change that in our elevator here at three hundred three East Wacker Drive. Uh, they have a little TV screen in the elevator, and they flash different, really very interesting facts yeah. uh, while you're on your lovely elevator ride. And uh, I, you know, I, I just thought well, I shouldn't be the only one to enjoy these. We should share these with the the world. So when we come back from the break, what I learned this morning in my elevator ride here at WGN Radio. Spinning wheel, got to go round. Ten twenty-four. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Not just entertainment for your Sunday morning listening and dancing pleasure, but also just loaded with uh, incredible information. Uh, we get this information uh, extra. When we come here to WGN Radio at 303 East Wacker Drive, uh, we are up on the 18th floor, so we have to get in the elevator and come up to the 18th floor. And in our little elevator that we've got, there are TV screens that tell you, well, what, what do we get in there, Andy? We get the, the time. Get the weather. We get the weather. Stocks uh, when it's during the day. Yeah, get the, the stocks, plus fascinating information, little uh, vignettes that flash, you know, just enough to occupy your mind because mm-hmm. heaven knows you don't want to be bored for 30 no. seconds in the elevator while you're uh, you know going up 18 floors. So that's why we created this new feature, What I Learned in the Elevator, coming upstairs today at WGN. Kevin, you ever read those messages oh, in, the, the in the elevator? I, all the time. I, I usually just... Usually in there on my phone on my way out and I'm zoning out, but I'll check the weather. I, I love that because you know sometimes you're up here and you lose track if it's raining or something. You walk outside. It's nice. It's a nice little reminder. Yeah. But a- Andy had um, cool fact that he learned today. I, I, yeah. I got to pay more attention. I haven't. Now, what, what did you learn uh, today coming up, Andy? Because so, I learned several things coming up today. Yeah. So today, of course, it was sports related, and the headline is "Golf is good for you." Oh, love that. A study found that golf was not only associated with improving cardiovascular risk factors and mental well-being, but also increased life expectancy. What? Golfers can live up to five years longer than non-golfers on average. So there you go. Wait a minute. Golfers can live five year, up to five, five years, years longer, longer than non-golfers on average. Do you think that's because of the physical exercise, of yeah. which there is very little? Well, you know, you got to walk, you got to swing, you got to. Well, I guess you're walking. Yeah, you got to bend down to get your ball. Yeah, out in the uh, sun, getting some vitamins. In or, my in my case, I burn off lots of calories and raise my heartbeat just by swearing. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, you know, and how poorly <laughs> I go like for nice walks and in the woods. Not as much as the people who I'm golfing with. They seem <laughs> to be more upset than I am. Yeah, I, I take you know take a little stroll through the woods to find my ball. You know that kind of thing. No, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, that was one of the things I learned on the way up today. That's very interesting. Yeah. Fascinating fact. You only learn it in our elevator. Correct. Here at WGN. Did I once had somebody, I was in a foursome, was playing in, like in a charity thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me to leave the foursome. Really? Wow. <laughs> Disrespectful. No, they were right. <laughs> I was pretty awful. <laughs> I was pretty awful and I didn't really care whether I played well or not. I just uh-huh. I was just out there for the sunshine, the fresh air, yeah. and the beer. There there are some people that get into these charity events that are so serious about winning. Too competitive. Oh my goodness. Completely turned me yeah. off. Yeah. 
but they actually asked me if I would, if I would leave. What, what hole were you on when they I asked? Know, that might How have been the in? first one. I was oh. going to say two. <laughs> <laughs> Lost two balls in the water. Yeah. Uh, hey, can you? I never even got to the the windmill where, where you hit the ball through the windmill. What about the bowling pin one? The bowling pin one, the clown's nose. Uh-huh. I never got to any of those. <laughs> I assume that was later in the course. Uh-huh. Uh, so here's what uh, did you say you learned something, Kevin? Also, um, I definitely have over the past like you know couple months just reading it. I, I couldn't bring up a specific a story specific right now. I, I'm okay. just fascinated. Yeah, by you guys the are taking one. pictures of these things. Yeah, yeah I'm, got, I'm going to yeah, now. Yeah, you I, now get that your I know it's a segment. Got to get your phone ready. Yeah. Uh, here's what I learned today: it's never too late to start lifting. Because huh. uh, I've just signed up with uh, a personal trainer. I would say within the next uh, 10 or 20 years, I'll really be completely ripped. Yes. Working out with this uh, <laughs> trainer. I'm so sore working out <laughs> with this guy right now. But I know it's going to pay off. But anyway, so we, we have been lifting weights, which you know, normally I don't do. But it says it's never too late to start lifting. Uh, when you're just starting out, there's no need to lift for more than 45 minutes. Well, I believe me, I'm nowhere near 45 minutes yeah. of uh, lifting for me. It says, for most moves, aim for two sets of 15 reps apiece and keep the weights light to encourage proper form and reduce the risk of injury. Because you can always add some weight on as, right. you, as you get a little more endurance with it. So I'm, I'm going to mention that to my trainer when he wants to do, do hard stuff. I'm going to show him. I took a picture of it. I'm going to yeah. show him. Hey, the elevator says. This is what the elevator says. <laughs> I don't care if you have a degree in physical <laughs> whatever it is that people have. Um, let's see. Here's another one uh, that says, uh, in a study, in the coming decades, heat considered officially dangerous will likely hit much of the world at least three times more often, that by 2100, the brutal heat index may linger for most of the summer in the south, mm. the U.S. southeast. Yikes. So. I, I did find one more in my, in my See how library. healthy you are golfing in that blazing heat. Yeah. I, I found one more in my library here. Okay. Uh, it says, instead of linking to the full text, an app called Serial Reader will break up your novel into bite-sized issues that can be read in 20-minute increments. <laughs> Users receive a new chunk every day until the book is complete. Huh. And the headline says, read in sprints, not in marathon. Ah, see? So that's it's like lifting with, weights. Yeah, exactly. Start off light. Right. You know. I'm going to go into the elevator after the news and see if I can find something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can just set up a microphone in there. In the elevator, yeah. Instead of actually writing the news and all that, you could just read <laughs> stuff that's on that screen. That's <laughs> a live report from the elevator. Live reports yeah. from stuff that we learned inside the WGN elevator. <laughs> Lovely music uh, would indicate that it is time for the week in theater. You know, without fail, back in the old days when we had guests in studio all the time uh, who were starring in uh, theatrical productions in the Chicago area, I would play this opening for this segment. And uh, they all uh, did what you just did, Frank Ferranti. Uh, welcome back to Chicago, by the way. It's nice to have you here with us. But this is my, it's like my litmus test now to see if you're awake to do the interview. Well, 
you know, Dean, I love this song. I played Suda something familiar, yeah. something peculiar. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're exactly. the diehards, Dean. It's uh, it's it's uh, that that's what I, I I use it to wake people up <laughs> before they come on the air, and you know, if they if they just sit there like a, a bag of potatoes. I know the interview is going to go south. Right, and they should go into accounting instead. They should get out of show business uh, immediately. Uh, it's wonderful to have our friend Frank Ferranti back in studio again, back in Chicago again. He starred as Caesar in Teatro Zinzani uh, for almost its entire run when it was here in Chicago. And uh, that is now closed, and a new show is about to open. Same spot over at the Hotel Cambria, uh, Cabaret Zazu's inaugural production called luminaire uh so what what what's the difference between these two shows it's a it's a great question um do you wear as much makeup in well <laughs> not, that's more than I i'm wearing now dean that's so uh, <laughs> you look lovely <laughs> thank by you the way. you're not so bad you yourself look like a cover girl <laughs> um you look just like christy brinkley oh well, yes yes i follow her on instagram memories memories um <laughs> i'm sure she says that too oh yes uh you know it's different in that it's still a variety show. That's how it's the same. But it's different in that we have all new people. Uh, it's more variety than ever. It's less storytelling. I'm the only story. Uh, it uh, The environment's been changed. It's a more romantic feel. It leans more on music hmm. than it did before. We have the musicians. It's very much uh, legends of Chicago are involved, um, from Theotis Rogers, um, hmm. Chuck Webb, Phil Seed. I mean, it's Chicago, steeped in Chicago yeah, blues and jazz. Chicago centric. Yeah. Oh, and to me, you know, I'm in, I'm in the lobby rehearsing. I'm doing all new material, a slightly different character. I'm more like Caesar's nephew. Yeah, he's a you know he's a wannabe performer. He's a wanna he's a, he wants to be a band leader and take like I, we talked about the Music Man. These are my, I live in that that world. But my guy starts off as a humble. He's an Italian immigrant, mm-hmm. a humble bellhop who invades the variety show Cabaret Zazu and takes over and becomes this band leader and it's just outrageous over the top still very much it still retains interact comedy interaction and crowd work but i think the musical component i'm in the lobby as i was about to say and i'm listening to this band and you feel like you're in a supper club from the 1930s 40s but they play all styles up to the present you've got Liv warfield who is like a killer oh, yeah you know a peoria you know a native um so I think it leans more toward uh, a musical vibe. It's, it's, I think it's going to be sexier as a result. Um, but it will still retain that variety feel. Yeah. It's, uh, the lighting's we got, it's up and upgraded. Musically, uh, production value, there's more lighting, more uh, contemporary lighting fixtures and, and technology. Um, but still that's retaining that same feel of being on an insanely fun night out in the round in a circus with food new food it's a new purveyor of the uh, of the on the menu uh like a dinner theater experience complete completely as zinzani was correct correct so it will retain that and of course you got yours truly yeah well please tell me that the show capitalizes on your razor sharp wit and your ability to ad lib and drop things in at the last second i mean that was part of the complete joy of seeing you in uh, Zinzani is, you know, clearly when you were going off script uh, and, you know, just doing things and reacting with people in the in the crowd, uh, that's, you know, part of what made it uh, so much fun. I have to think that you can't put Frank Ferranti in a show and not have that. 
Well, no. And I wanted to do something a little different. Thank you for that, first of all, Dean. But, uh, yeah, I'm still going to improvise. I still bring audience members on stage. Oh, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. That's why I always sit in back. So I'm nowhere near something like that happening. But I've seen you out there in the outer ring. and I wave to you from afar. Yes. But, uh, yes. but yeah, it still has that madness. You know, I come out. With, he's still in a bullion over-the-top character. I have to be. That's just kind of what, that's what I do. Uh, but the name of the guy that I play is uh, Fortissimo Vincenzo Luciano Castiglione. Mm. And so I do draw on my own heritage. Yeah, and, I was going to say, and, didn't you have a relative <laughs> named that? I had several. Yeah. One after each name, actually. But uh, <laughs> actually, the Castiglione is a family name. But uh, so, yes, I get to play and play and play. I do three acts uh, that uh, are metered arc throughout this variety show, and it's got the, the, the kind of the usual and style. N- nothing's usual about that. They're all like death, death-defying acts. There's a there's a trio Dane called um, called uh, it's called uh, Trio Vertex, and it's you know they're doing a strap act. You're hanging from basically rope, and they're doing roller skating acts. And I'm going, I'm really happy. I don't have to do any of that. Yeah, really, right? <laughs> there's, right. We got a. There's a guy that you'll appreciate by the name of Victor Key, Ukrainian. He was actually in Ukraine when all this started, uh, and he has these beautiful kids and his beautiful wife, who's a contortionist. But he's the he's considered the world's greatest juggler, and he is. I worked with him once before uh, on the West Coast. So there were some spectacular people there. But yes, you're going to get my madness and wackiness uh, that uh, that helped brand that 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 variety space. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the open. Opening, which will be uh, September the 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be over at uh, Hotel Cambria. We'll tell you how to get tickets coming up in a couple of minutes. I want to find out what else is going on with Frank. Is it fun being back in Chicago? You were here at the most, you know, interesting, uh, dark, weird of times. You came to Chicago before, with when Zinzani first opened, mm-hmm. you came here before uh covid hit mm-hmm. then covid hit mm-hmm. the show closed your show you were the first one back on stage that's right uh right and that, you know when things uh, opened up again uh what i mean what a weird and remarkable and memorable time i it, it, was it, it? Yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, as we know, this is not the easiest time to sell tickets to anything uh, or make something happen because you know, people have been reticent. Some, you know, and yet, you know, it's back and forth. We're all dealing with that in the in the live arts. But it was a thrill to come out here in 2019, open the space, and then, as you said, go down and come back a year ago. And I was the first person to say, hello, everybody. We're back, Chicago. Yeah, we're right. back theater. We were the, I think we may have been one of the first theater spaces in the country, which was very yeah. Chicago, Chicago, you know, bold. Uh, so here we are again. It's the third well, time. I'll, ne- I'll never forget because I was in that audience the, the first night that it came back. And when you said we're back, mm-hmm. people went nuts. Yes, they did. Uh, because everybody was just so happy to be out of their houses and you know doing something i th- i think we were all still masked then maybe yes. but just to be out among other human beings at that point yes every everybody felt so great and you were the cheerleader of it all i was i felt really privileged i um to, to hear people laugh after being in my living room for a year and a half and to and to arrive at the first day rehearsal with with my colleagues with performers with mad wild passionate performers was almost overwhelming we weren't used to interacting i didn't see my you know i couldn't hug my mother for a year and a half it's not a great feeling and now we're in a room trying to create fun 
for people and for ourselves. So that is great. So here I am back again. I hope this one sticks for 20 years. Yeah. And you'll keep seeing me here, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you were telling me before we went on the air that somebody described you as Chicago actor Frank Ferrante. That's not a terrible thing oh, to, to be called. I, honored. And that's, that's, you know, when I was a boy, I was reading all about Chicago theater and Steppenwolf and the Goodman. I was familiar, yeah. the Royal George. I knew what these theaters were when I was 11, 12 right. yeah, yeah. years old. And I used to read Variety. My father got me a subscription to monthly a weekly variety wow when well, i was 13 other kids are reading archie comic books <laughs> you're reading variety <laughs> yes. that says everything you need to know about uh, frank I, ferranti let me take a break we'll come back and talk about what else you're working on our weekend theater segment sponsored by the lyric opera of chicago it is a beautiful day and i hope you get to enjoy it somehow today 10.50, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Always a beautiful morning around here when Frank Ferrante stops by. He's the star of the new show that is called, what do I call this exactly? Do I call it Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire? Yeah. Or do I, I just say Luminaire? I would just say Cabaret Zazu is what it is. I think Cabaret Zazu will always be the name. It's the name. That's actually, I like saying Zazu. Who, who doesn't? It's a funny word. And it's got a good Z sound. It's like Neil Simon would say, K's are funny. Cookie is funny. You know, but Z is a great sound. Zazu. So, but yeah, Cabaret Zazu. And the theme of this show, Luminaire, is light. And uh, the juggler deals with light. And there's a, we're adding candelabras and there's chandeliers. Luminaire is the theme. So yeah. the theme will change every six to eight months but cabaret zazu is what is like is what we should know it as so a text uh, poured in from the 312 area code frank ferrante was supposed to star in chicago in a groucho play and then COVID happened will he do groucho here in the future ah. uh frank actually did a groucho show that's true uh here in chicago uh john is the name on this i'm sorry you missed it uh because it was really fun <laughs> I did it on a night that uh, Theatra Zinzani was off and did his one-man Groucho show, which was uh, – uh, I'm, I'm still exhausted from watching you <laughs> go through that. I mean, you, you have energy to no end. Thank you. Uh, but this uh, – your Groucho show, you, you uh, took to a, a video – Yes. DVD, yes. Uh, which has been playing on PBS for the last several months. It has. It has. And I did play here last year, and I'll play here again. And uh, I'm trying to figure out what the best month will be. I'm here through April, and then there'll be a whole new cast. So I just need to pick the date. And I'm thinking March. So, John, come keep your eyes open, and you'll, you'll see me do Groucho Live in that tent on Randolph in the theater district um, at Cabaret Zazu. But it's so funny. I uh, I traveled. You know, I I always ask the producer before I come. I mean, do do you, should we do my show? Can I do my show? Yeah, Frank. Yeah, Stan Fay goes. Yeah, bring it out. Bring bring your stuff. So I have a suitcase just with all your grouches. Yeah, stuff? cigars, the tailcoat, you know, a duck. <laughs> Uh, and so, I would love for you to get stopped at TSA well, and have them go through that. Well, funny you should say that, Dean. Uh, <laughs> this has happened so many times. They know me at LAX, and now they know me at O'Hare. So, but, so they pulled my suitcase out this time, and they're pulling out cigars that look like dynamite sticks. I've got like fa- <laughs> face powder that looks like gunpowder. Yeah. They can't see through the candlestick phone. No one knows what a candlestick phone is. Right. And. And they started looking through it, and they go, and they started laughing. And they go, and they, and they, this woman looked at me and said, "Welcome back, Miss Mister Ferrante." Oh, that's funny. So this has that's happened funny. before, so that's hilarious. Well, so I will be doing it, and uh, I love doing it. And as you know, a lot of my work is inspired by Groucho's wit and madness and wildness and sense of fun. And 
it's silliness too. As witty as he was and as intellectual as he was, it basically we're laughing at his how silly he is and the fact that he's rule breaking. There's nothing wrong with silly, and I've been really contemplating. I'm a middle aged man who who works in the world of silly and. I'm glad that's a not a that's not a bad legacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fun thing to to have happen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when uh, you left uh, Zinzani, mm-hmm. uh, you went back to your native California. I did, even though you are a Chicago actor yes. now. Chicago actor mm-hmm. Frank Front went <laughs> yes. back to California where you used to live, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you were doing some uh, shows there, and like the stars are coming out. To see yes. Frank, Frank Ferranti while you're performing, some of some of your heroes, yes, coming out to see you perform. Yes, well, I have a, I have a quite a few. I have quite a few comedy heroes that are still with us. Bill Irwin is one. That was a thrill. Robin Williams, no longer with us. He's one of my heroes. I, I got, I was able to perform for him. But Pee Wee Herman wow. was at my show in July in Los Angeles, right downtown. I was born right downtown, blocks from this venue. My father, my my family grew up in, around downtown L.A. But Pee Wee Herman, who to me is a god, to me is one of the greatest comedy creations of all time, he was there. And I got the greatest wow. compliment. He said, "Frank, you're a great improviser." It's like, oh, I could, I can, I can stop right now. Yeah. But it was his birthday this week. Did oh, you see that? He was. I did, he I, turns. Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens turned seventy years old what? this week. But he's eternally young. So eternally eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find some of his old Pee Wee playhouses. I'm sure they're available. I haven't really. You would looked. think so. They, but I, I used to love that show. Completely original and. People like Pee Wee Herman inspire me because my job is I, I'm trying to take people on this strange little journey with my characters. I want them to believe this is real. I believe Pee Wee was real, whatever he did. Dame Edna Everidge, for those who know, to me, is Hilarious. one of the greatest performers of all time in comedy and comedy improv. Yeah. Robin Williams was one of the great, quickest minds of all time. So these are the people I study. And uh, But, yeah, to meet Pee Wee was, was something something else. I've been I've been really lucky. I remember Sean Penn came to a show. He's not funny, what? but he's talented. He came to see <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you. You perform for Sean Penn. Yeah, that was that was a blast. Boy, talk about trying to make somebody laugh. Well, that's a scary idea. Here he was in the center I'd be ring. Afraid he'd get up and like beat and me up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we be, end up becoming friends. But he saw me do Groucho and also saw me do the Caesar character. But I had the same thing. If I can make him laugh, I'm good. Yeah. But he's got a great sense of humor. And then we ended up hanging out and really having one too many drinks. And uh, wait a minute, you went out <laughs> drinking with Sean? Yes, Penn. I did. It's an odd thought. Isn't it? Wow! Uh, that, what was that like? Well, I mean, he's he's fun, and uh, you know, what can I say? <laughs> That's the first time that word has ever been in the same sentence as the name uh, Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. Well, he's he's. It's funny. We were driving in his in his in his car, and the windows are shut, and then he can scream and yell and be himself. Everyone recognizes him. They probably thought I was his valet. Who knows? But uh, you know, he's a he's a he's a theater guy himself. Wow. So he can he can appreciate live theater. His you know his family comes from theater. Yeah. His brothers are theatrical. Uh, so he had an appreciation for the Groucho show and for this variety show format. And and I think he liked the weirdness of my guys because okay. he's a madman himself. So yes. I think he liked that my guy was out of control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm scared of you now, now, that, now that I know all this. I think the three of us should hang out. What, I, what do you well, say? I would love that. You can't even imagine. <laughs> Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire will begin on September the 7th at Hotel Cambria in Chicago. You can get ticket info by going to broadwayinchicago.com, uh, or you can call 312-488-0900. Friend of Sean Penn, 
That's how I'm going to call you. That's how I'm oh, going to refer to you from now on. Oh, dang. Sean Penn's best friend, well. Frank Ferranti, starring in it all. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk more as the show goes on. I, I would love it. I'm so happy. My brother lives here with my sister-in-law. My daughter just transferred to DePaul. Oh. I really am Chicago actor Frank Ferrante. Look at you. Look at Look you. Look at you. I'll see you at the Jewel in no time at all. I Doing... was there last night. Of course you I were. was. That was at the Jewel Osco. I bought oh. some wine and milk. Oh. <laughs> milk for coffee in the morning, wine to help me sleep at night. In case Sean Penn stops. Now, by. come on now. Now, uh, cut that out. No. So, uh, I, guys, I've never had a problem like this uh, before. Oh. Where... I can't get rid of a guest. <laughs> Wasn't that the Saturday Night Live skit? The guest that would not leave? Yeah, that's Frank. Yeah. That's Frank for us. Yeah. He won't leave. This is the most socializing I've done in the last week. <laughs> this, is the, this is the first person he's uh, talked to who has not been out of trapeze. That's right. <laughs> but enough about my personal life. Um, but I want to tell can you. stay if you want to. Well, this is fun. I mean, do have to rehearse, but I like hanging out here with well, you. When, are you. when do you have to start rehearsing? I don't know. At, at noon. I, at noon, I work with the drummer. Uh, his percussion, his name is Jose. That, what does that mean? You have to work with a drummer. It's not a euphemism, uh, Dean. It's, uh, it's what true. What does that mean? Well, you know, my show, gonna my hit, act. He's going to beat on the drum and you're going to. Well, you've seen my act. You're going to do a funny dance. Well, yeah. And, you know, he gives me buttons and he gives me a little underscore. And we're a team. I've worked with this guy for yeah. tw- a dozen years. Yeah. So I'll be in the lobby doing so my. You don't need stick. to rehearse. You've worked for a dozen years. That's true. But this is all new material. Dean, you can come with us. Come hang out with us. You, me, and a trapeze artist. (laughs) And two margaritas. That's a nightmare that I had once. (laughs) Sorry. Well, you're welcome to stick around if you want to. Well, I like it here. I like Chicago. I got a great view. Yeah. Otherwise, somebody call security. It's 1110. This is Sunday morning. This is for you, Frank. I love it. This is entirely for you. Pee-wee. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yes. Cherry. The the talking chair. And what was the, uh, the head? Oh, uh, the, that, uh, Jambi? Oh, Jambi. I love Mecca, that actor. Mecca, Mecca, hi, Mecca, ho. The great John Paragon played yeah. that role, who yeah. was a great improv artist, just passed away last year. I love John Paragon. Yeah. You just keep talking because I want to watch this on All right, you uh, watch YouTube. it. So when I was I'm performing for Pee Wee. just going to watch TV <laughs> while Frank talks. And you're getting paid too, right? I, well, not, not much. Okay. But... <laughs> Don't stop. Tell me how it goes. How's yeah. it end? Oh, it's funny. Um, it's fun. it's every all... time I would do my acts for Pee Wee Herman, I would walk by him and just bow. Yeah. I, it literally genuflected before Pee Wee. Yeah. That doesn't sound right, but. What kind of uh, reaction do you get uh, from the. Do you get fan mail? I do. Actual letters? Uh, emails. Or emails. Emails. Then. People can find you on social media, and you get all kinds of f- strange, wonderful feedback. I've got fans who are 90, women that like me. Yeah, that, that's yeah. my crowd. And um, Same as uh, Andy Mazur, our sports guy. Yeah, what does he get? Andy, you got a lot of 90-year-olds who love you, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I'm big with the, uh, the 90-year-olds. Well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do the whole uh, rest home tour together. It'll be fun. Nice. But yeah, I do. Kevin, I, you know, I, uh, Kevin, Kevin, if you stick on the show, Kevin Wells is uh, filling in doing news today. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, good. you stick on the show, we'll, we'll get you all the ninety-year-olds you want. Well, oh, they, they have. I have nothing against it, really. <laughs> In fact, you know, not yet. That is, if that's not a filthy line, I don't know what is. Um, but, but I do. I, I get mail. You know, what's fun is people starting to come in from all over to see a show. If, some, if I'm in Chicago, people will fly in from Seattle or drive several hours to see it. That's fun. And you build, after 35 years of performing on stage, 
you get some you get people that like you, you. Get fans you get i hate to use the word but yes yeah. i guess yeah, followers nice. are that's you going to nice. read a card to me well i'm going uh, to just to your point about this yes uh you know it used to be like when i first started here at wgn uh, back in the 1940s uh <laughs> you know, people i'm listening <laughs> all people ever did was you know they would they would write a letter they'd write you know mm-hmm. something nice or uh, sometimes it was a letter with cut-out letters in it that were all pasted together. I'm sorry I sent that. A little weird. Uh, but I think it's nice when somebody sends you an actual letter. They've t- taken the time to sit down to put pen to paper, in this case pen to card, mm-hmm. a greeting card, and they sent a, a, a nice uh, card in. This is from Maureen. Uh, looks like, uh, I'm going to say the Mount Greenwood area by, mm-hmm. by the uh, address here. I wish you would read it. Is that going to happen, Dean? I'm really excited. That was the setup, Frank. Relax. I know you have to go and rehearse with no. your drummer for 35 years. Uh, it says, Mr. Richards, I always look forward to your radio program every Sunday. I even take the radio with while I walk my dog so I don't miss anything. That's nice, isn't it? Wonderful. Somebody with their, you know, their radio and their pooch. Uh, out there and you know she's uh, telling me about a concert uh that uh, i should know about and says that she plays the flute hmm interesting it's lovely it's very nice and she sent two cards really it was one two separate cards two separate stamps it's thoughtful very thoughtful it's a lot of effort and work but i will say i put cards up in my dressing room and i appreciate it and i respond to everyone who writes to me Yeah, that's nice of you and well i'm grateful because i'm in a a fortunate position to be able to do what i love right well thank you uh thank you maureen why are you calling me maureen now that's not my weekend name (laughs) you maureen why am i now maureen beatrice all right there you go i like b uh, that's a very. I think it's very nice when somebody. It's it's great. Takes takes that time uh, to well, do all that. You know, I uh, I've played so many so many suburbs around Chicago that it's so fun to have you know someone you know meet them again. Someone from Arlington Heights or Skokie or Barrington. I, I, I'm an old vaudevillian. It's been fun. Yeah. Coming back to right downtown and then saying I saw you 25 years ago. I saw you 10 years ago. Sometimes it'll be a kid. Who saw me when they were seven and they're now thirty something years old? It's nice, that yeah. You, you made an impression. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Makes me feel good. So yeah. it's great to be here. It's very nice. Maureen's been at my show a few times, that's, but uh, she mentioned you. She ever send you any cards? Never. No. There you go. There's the difference. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. I don't want to brag, but she invested two stamps in me. I think that's like twelve dollars worth of it, stamps. It is now. You're right about that. I think something, well, something like here's that. to Maureen. And to all the Marines. <laughs> to all the Marines yeah, I've known before. <laughs> That's right. Uh, did you ever join the Marines when you were a kid? I didn't know. So, no, they didn't want me. No, sorry. Uh, Flat feet. Do you know who Kevin Smith is? Pardon me? Kevin Smith? The direct- <laughs> what did you say about my feet? Do you, uh, do you, we don't talk about Call feet. me Beatrice when you, when you, when you, you know address what? me. We do not talk about feet enough on this show. No, let's, I don't think we ever have. Really. Shouldn't we make a change? I'll be listening next week. We'll start a new uh, bunion feature. Oh, that's good. You went straight to the bunions. <laughs> I have to talk about my bunions, actually. <laughs> After 35 years of trotting the boards, of working on stage. Yeah. All right. Maybe your your listeners can send in photos. Uh, Maybe Maureen boy, can send in a photo. You know what? Send them to Frank over at the Hotel Combrio. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I think you'd be much more interested in feet photographs than I would. This took uh, an ugly turn, Dean. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, the director? The director. Yes. 
has a new movie, uh, Clerks 3. He's got his third movie, uh, wow. you know, based on mm-hmm. the, the kind of, uh, you know, doofus loser kind of uh, movie that came out over 20 years ago, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years ago, something. Clerks 3 with the original cast. Wow. It's going to be coming out. I talked to him the other day. We're going to share that uh, interview. That's if producer Jack is done cutting out all the swearing that we both did in the interview. I don't know why I was feeling, uh, I, you know, nor, normally I don't do that in an interview. But uh, <laughs> that's a bunion, right? That's a bunion right there, Dean. Let me just say in my many years here at WGN Radio that you are the first person ever to take their shoe and sock off. Oh, it feels good. <laughs> and us without a webcam. <laughs> why should I be? Why should Jack and I be the only ones you lucky uh, to duo. enjoy this? I remember there was the webcam for a while. I think I was your first guy back during the pandemic, right. and were, there was webcam. We back did have then. webcams yes. back then, but I kept my shoes on. People kept coming in, taking their shoes and socks <laughs> off. So we got, a, we got rid of all the cameras. We thought we were done with all that, but as it turns out, that's not the case. Uh, anywho, uh, Kevin Smith uh, talked to me about his new movie. It's a really interesting interview, and we'll get to that coming up in a little while. And have you ever heard of this guy called Sting? Yes, I'm aware of Sting. This yes, a singer by the yes. name, by the name of Sting. Yes, sir. Yeah, he was in a, used to be in a band called, mm-hmm. called the Police, mm-hmm. and uh, now he's on his own. And he's at Ravinia. Uh, he was there last night, and he's there <laughs> tonight. Frank is struggling putting his socks and shoes back on right now. So <laughs> I give the play by play. We uh, we did an interview with Sting several years ago, and I thought since he's in town this weekend. We're going to replay that coming up in a little while. This is a good idea. Yeah. So what's it going to take to get you to get the hell out of here? Uh, the, uh... I'm good. I'm going to go rehearse. I love you, Dean. It's good to be here. Thank you. I'm kidding. You can stay. Uh, if, this is fun. If you stay, you have to go along with every, you know, what we're doing in the show, though. Just don't do my own shows. What I you're can't, saying? I can't continue to plug your show. Really? Uh, Cabaret, you mean Cabaret Zazu? Cabaret Zazu Luminaire. Yes, at 32 West Randolph. 32 West Randolph. CabaretZazu.com. Hotel Cabrera. Yeah, don't you don't want to do that? Uh, Broadway in Chicago. dot com three one two four eight eight zero nine zero zero. If you want to get more information, yeah. I couldn't possibly plug that. Don't don't promote the most entertaining show in town uh, in the most interesting right. venue in the country. Do not no. do that. No. And I'll tell you what. I say half price for everyone who comes barefoot. Wow. I'm going to propose that. Wow. On September 6th, the day before we open. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's going to be a very aromatic preview performance uh, coming up soon. Stick around here. Okay, why isn't this working? Something's not working. All right, say a joke now, because I was hoping for the joke, and then we go right to the commercial. A joke? Yeah. Any joke? Yeah. Any joke at all? Yeah, see, you're not that funny. What kind of... 11.23. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. So this is the new collaboration. Britney Spears and Elton John. Seriously, I can't get rid of Frank Ferranti. I thought this was going to be a catered affair. <laughs> I'm sticking around to the food shows up. He's the guest that won't go away. Oh, no. I'm just going to pull up a little. Do you have a pillow? <laughs> Make yourself at home, Frank. Oh, it's cozy here. It's what you did about 10, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, and by the way, he did take a picture of himself uh, without a shoe or sock on mm-hmm. uh, here in the studio, which we will be posting on social media. That's great. 
uh, later on so people could. What do you think of this song? Can you hear it? Is this Elton John? Headphones? Yes. Yeah, it's Elton John and Britney Spears. Wow. Did you meet Elton when he was here for uh, in Chicago nope. not too long ago? No, he did not uh, meet with the press while he was here. No. Have you interviewed Elton before? I have. I've yeah. interviewed him several times. And your experience was? Uh, he's a rocket man. He's a, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, when he's not a tiny dancer. <laughs> right, you know. right. I love Elton John. This is uh, his remix of Tiny Dancers called uh, Hold Me Closer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's him and Britney Spears, who you can barely right. hear in the song. I like I like it. It's you know yeah. happy and everything. I can't hear any Britney Spears in here. Yeah, I want to well, hear some Britney Spears. Yes, well, the both of them are relentless forces. I am a Elton John fan. He's never stopped fighting the showbiz fight, and I, I uh, admire it. Yeah. Reinvents. Did Aida and now Devon? Where's Prada? Lion King. Lion King, which I've never seen, and I'm going to see it for the first time in Chicago. What? I've had friends who are in the Broadway production. I've had friends who tour with it, but I've never seen Lion King. And I will see it right here at the Cadillac Palace, which is right down the street right from... Down the street from Motel Cambria, yeah. where this uh, show that you're allegedly in... You could be a little more specific. That you please. obviously <laughs> don't care enough about to go and rehearse. That's right. <laughs> this is much more fun, it turns out, Gene. Just hanging out here all morning. <laughs> don't stop. Uh, Cabaret Zazu. Zazu or Zazu? Uh, it's Z- How I think fancy Cabaret- do I get? Yeah, yeah, as fancy as you like, Dean. You're Dean Richards. Be fancy. Cabaret Zazu. That's good. That's good. Cabaret Zazu. Crazy. Lum- why? Yeah. Luminaire. Luminaire. Luminaire is what yes. it's called. Uh, that opens, what, September 7th? Mm-hmm. Uh, Broadwayinchicago.com. And I'll be doing your the comedy from then until through April. Uh, which I'm so I'll be here for most of the yeah. seasons. Oddly, it feels like you've been in the studio <laughs> since last April. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, it feels good. It's homey here. <laughs> I wish all your listeners could just spend a little time here in this studio with us. Yeah, you are the first person, by the way, in the history of uh, you know, WGN's been on the air for mm-hmm. 100 years. Mm-hmm. You are the first person ever to take their shoe and sock off. Really? During an interview. Margaret, yep. Margaret Thatcher never did it. Are you sure? President Jimmy Carter never did it. He should have. Lauren Bacall never did it. We've, I like I mean, to. We've had all really? the greats here. Wow. You, you are the first person ever to take their shoe and sock off and put your uh, bare foot up out on the table and take a photograph of it. You know the funny thing? Well, thank you. I'm honored. Another Chicago first for it's Frank Another Ferrante. WGN. We go into our second century yes. now with... Uh, without shoes and socks. Yes, and you know what I found that came out of my shoe and sock was some some, some glitter. Yeah, whoever you can tell it. Whoever's the next guest to sit in that chair is <laughs> it's going to be one lucky person on well, the Steve Dale show coming up later on. This is eBay material, really. But I found a little sparkly confetti from the circus. Oh, you know when you work in the circus like I have since twenty two thousand and one. There's, you're going to find you're going to find glitter. You're going to find sparkles. Hmm. I find it everywhere. It's, it's in my suitcases, it's in my clothing. There are places you don't want to hear about. And yes, my socks. Okay, Dean. How do you get sequins or whatever glitter? It's glitter. It's, uh, how do you get it in your sock? I'm in a, inside your socks. How, how do you get it there? They're everywhere, and I'll leave it here for your next guest. <laughs> I'm sorry, Margaret Thatcher couldn't have lived to experience this. We've had all the greats here on WGN through the years. And then there was me, don't forget. Right. (laughs) 
Gene, pi- picture well, in the hallway of Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, really? WGN. How was she to like to, uh, to interview? Uh, she had a good-looking foot. Yes. <laughs> she had a nice-looking... Well, no one could rock a bunion like Eleanor Roosevelt. You know that. <laughs> so, uh, said FDR. Anyhow, that being said, it's a joy to be here with you, Dean. Again, apparently, and, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna go in that corner over there and just ignore me. All right, just ignore me because you know honestly, for about <clears throat> the last twenty minutes, I've been doing that. I've, so. But you know that's that's what I love about you, and um, just keep <laughs> ignoring me. You know how much I don't like attention. That's why I chose the stage. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, Frank, what else? Frank Ferrante. No, I got nothing. <laughs> no, I, got, I got nothing unless you want to talk about the Video Music Awards or something. Nah. Uh, but you're about to say Frank Ferrante, so why should I stop you? Yeah, please don't, because I was just going to thank you for stopping by. Okay. And uh, thank you for thank you for stopping by. And I guess I should add on. It's usually just assumed. And also leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> What's what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, not be I'm not available. Okay, I'll be out of the country. Tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you then. Uh, his show is uh, Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire, and uh, despite what you've heard here for the last hour, is quite entertaining. <laughs> and uh, is uh, we're looking forward to seeing it. It's uh, going to open on September the seventh at Hotel Cambria. And how do we get uh, ticket information again? I think it would be through Cabaret Zazu, and that's Z-A-Z-A-U.com. Cabaret Zazu. And I guarantee you a very fun, fun evening. Yeah. Dinner, theater, uh, music, comedy, uh, just uh, everything. Full bar, Uh, full band. Mm BroadwayInChicago.com. And when you go to the show, ask to see Frank's feet. And that won't even be extra. I'll pay you. Thank you, Dean. It's a joy as ever. Thank you for welcoming me back nice to, to my. Nice to see you. Now we're shutting the station down for the next few hours. <laughs> One of my favorite Sting songs. Eleven thirty-seven WGN. Andy did it. He performed this one at Ravinia last night. He did not. This was on the uh, the list of those that I believe were uh, were ignored. Big omissions. Maybe he's going to do them tonight. Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's You've got that, so many hits, maybe he splits them up. And you know, there's that app that, or a website you can go to uh, setlist.fm. Oh. And it'll tell you all the sets that they've performed in the previous shows. Yeah. And he went off script from the night before that, wherever he was. So it was. It might be a little different tonight. Yeah, I would hope that he would uh, yeah. change it up a, a little bit. Although my guess is that there wouldn't be a lot of repetition of. Uh, you know, audience there. But last night was sold out. Tonight is sold out at Ravinia. Uh, certainly going to be one of the concert events of the year. And Andy Mazur, as I like to call him now, the Irv Cups in it of the uh, new millennium. Yes, uh, was uh, you know hobnobbing uh, at Ravinia last night. Yes, I was. Did you do more hobbing or nobbing? Would, you know, it was you more. Say? It was more hobbing because there was not a lot of room to move, so you had to kind of hob rather yeah. than the knob. It's uh, difficult yeah. to knob when, yes, when it's, yes. there's that many people yes. in any one venue. Correct. Uh, but uh, anyway, he puts on a great show, and uh, the one and only time that I've interviewed Sting was in 2013 when his show called The Last Ship uh, made its pre-Broadway uh, debut here in Chicago. This is the title track from that and show. the sad ghosts of men who they thought long deceased And whatever got sad they'd be counted at least 
when the last ship sings. I'm guessing he did not sing this one last night also. He, he did not. He, he omitted this one as well. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm guessing he probably would like to kind of forget that whole thing because uh, the show, uh, I, rem- I don't remember any specifics. I remember not liking the show, <laughs> uh, and I did not give it a good review. And then it went to New York, and it also did not get good reviews. And they tried to retool it and change it, and it, it, just the whole thing didn't work out, unfortunately. But good for him for you know giving it a try. But when he was here, uh, we talked about his show, The Last Ship, and uh, we talked uh, you know about his career in music and the police. Uh, and all that. This goes back to 2013, our A-list interview with Sting. Welcome to back to Chicago. Nice today. to be back in Chicago. Tell us uh, a little bit about uh, the last ship and what we are, are going to experience before New York, before the world gets. Well, to I'm, I'm glad we're coming to Chicago first. It's, it's a town I'm extremely fond of. Um, I'm from a little town in the northeast of England, a shipyard town, and I was born in the shadow of a shipyard. And my earliest memories of, of the biggest ships in the world at the end of my street. And I decided about three years ago to try and write a, a dramatic piece about my community and what happened to that community when the shipyard was closed. And uh, this is it. It's the last ship. I think the people of Chicago will understand the themes, you know, what happens in a post-industrial uh, economy and what happens to community. So it's uh, it's an important play. You talked about in this uh, presentation that we saw similarities that you think there are between where you grew up and what people here in Chicago and the Midwest you might be experiencing, especially at this time where the economy is what it is and people are struggling. I think these are, these are universal themes, you know, and uh, my, my feeling is that... Uh, in, in the past tw- 20, 30 years, economic theory has trumped community. And, and, but, you know, for a balanced economy, we need community. Community needs to be supported. Um, without community, there is no economy. And so that's, that's one of the themes of the play. I was surprised uh, when you said that you had not written music in 10 years. <laughs> that just seems shocking. Well, I haven't, I haven't been idle. I was touring a lot, and I, I recorded uh, work by other composers. But I just kind of lost the, the, the passion, really. And I've always said, you know, if you've got nothing to say, just shut up. <laughs> but, of course, I was, I was worried about that. And then I realized I was, I was just getting in the way. And there's a certain amount of navel-gazing that goes on as a songwriter. <laughs> as soon as I started writing for other people, for other voices than my own, for yeah. other characters, for actors, then they flowed thick and fast. So I just got out of the way, took myself out of the equation, and bingo. Is it significantly different to write music uh, that, that has a narrative? That's, that is musical theater as opposed to all the songs that we have grown up with? that you've brought us on the radio? Well, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed writing narrative songs in the past, um, but it's not a prerequisite for, for Top 40. You know, at top, top 40, you can sing about one emotion for, th- for three minutes, and you just go round and round in a loop. But musical theatre demands that the narrative is advanced. The, the, the story begins here, and by the end of the song, something the story has to be told. So that was a great discipline for me, and it's one that uh, I've done before, but it, it's a very precise and exacting medium, and I, I'm deep, really challenged by it, but I adore it. I really have so much fun. Was it, was it a little scary in the beginning? Very different. I mean, you hadn't done it for ten years, number one, but so different than songs that you've written Oh, before. writing for musical theatre 
is, is a terrifying uh, concept. You know, the, as I said, the, the, the landscape is littered with bleached corpses. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one, but uh, one shouldn't be daunted, and one should just carry on. I, I did it with humility. I think. What uh, what are your uh, Chicago memories that you have from performing here? As you had mentioned, you played Soldier Field to the smallest I clubs. I started here. here in a winter of '79. It was very cold. I played in a little club owned by the, one of the members of Chicago called Beginnings oh, yeah. uh, in the suburbs. And then we just went on, you know, gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've I've played everything here. So Chicago for me is in a very very important market. It's a wonderful uh, place to begin in this play, and I'm thrilled that we're here. I, th- I think Chicago will get it, and uh, I can't wait to come. What, what, what's the process now for you with, with this? Are you continuing to tweak? Are you continuing? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the, 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 the story is still morphing. We're still casting, and, uh, you know, you, you, you add something here, and it, it creates a problem there. It's a kind of three-dimensional jigsaw, a fascinating one. But I imagine, well, hopefully by, by June we'll have solved all of those problems. But uh, we're in pretty good shape, and uh, we're very confident and uh, extremely excited and galvanized. Uh, I, you know, put on uh, social media that we were going to be talking to you uh, today, and I am flooded with questions of people asking most of the questions, will you ever be performing with the police again? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Not going to happen. No, we, the, did, we did that. in Highland Park tonight. One more show for Sting at Ravinia tonight. It's completely sold out. Uh, 2013 uh, conversation that we had with them uh, back in the day. It's 11.45. When we come back, we continue with our A-list interviews. Director Kevin Smith talks about Clerks 3 next. Dean Richards, Sunday morning. WGN, continuing with our A-list interviews, sponsored by the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Today, getting ready for uh, a third installment of what's become the sort of a cult classic. The movie Clerks first came out back in 1994. Uh, a new genre of indie film, a comedy about a, a bunch of uh, these dopes that all work in a uh, convenience store, Dante and Randall and uh, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, the whole thing, the uh, idea of uh, director Kevin Smith, actor Kevin Smith, uh, put out a, a second Clerks film several years ago, and now a third Clerks film is going to be opening week after next. And we had a chance to uh, sit down and talk with Kevin about the motion picture, about the you know this whole franchise, and these guys, uh, you know, r- reviving these uh, same characters, these very you know sort of Beavis and Butthead like characters, all these years later, uh, it's a pretty interesting conversation. And uh, Kevin and I talked a little about the city of Chicago. Any good Chicago stories? Uh, Chicago, here, uh, Chicago. Uh, live what, here? Yeah, absolutely. I've never lived there, uh, but uh, d- deeply connected to the the city. Um, it, it's always been a part of my career. You know, I, I started with a very small movie that played on art house screens, and so they start you in New York and L.A., and then when they expand you out, the next city you open in 
in Chicago, and I was always a big fan of Chicago. I had an uncle that lived out there. I visited when I was a kid. So I started interacting with the, the city, like, from clerks on. And, and let me tell you something. The folks of Illinois have always welcomed me as one of their own, man. Uh, clearly, they can uh, sense somebody that likes deep dish as much as them. Uh, they've always welcomed us. And, like, the Jay and Silent Bob Reboot Roadshow Tour in 2019, the best screening, two of them, back-to-back, was at the Music Box Theater. So much so that, like, we're I'm out there about to start the Clerks 3 tour because of that night. We had premiered in uh, New Jersey the night before. And I thought, like, oh, my God, the movie will never play better than it played right here in New Jersey. And the very next night was Chicago at the Music Box. And it played through the roof. It made New Jersey look shameful. I was like, never mind New Jersey. I should be from Chicago. So I couldn't wait to get back to to the Music Box with Clerks 3, man, to get back to Chicago and show people this flick. Uh, they've always been a big, deep part of my my uh, creative DNA. I, I think, don't you think there's like a kind of a no no uh, vibe to Chicago and also your movies? It's like warts and all. And I think Chicagoans really appreciate that. I think uh, that means Chicagoans appreciate the good folks in New Jersey. Uh, essentially, New Jersey, Chicago, um, or New Jersey, Illinois, you got two states full of uh, people that work that make the country run and stuff and uh i think if because the folks in in new jersey uh forged me um i think i play well in chicago because of that there's a certain authenticity that both of those places have to them when you tell people in this world you're from chicago instantly like oh oh you get an air of credibility maybe you don't even deserve same thing with new jersey whenever i tell people i'm from new jersey my whole career people are like oh new jersey well well it, it lends yeah. you you get a little bit of, of springsteen's authenticity of bon jovi's authenticity um working class authenticity even though you know uh, my whole career is predicated on a movie about working class that delivered me from the working class um, yeah. to to the uh, filmmaking people with all these movies what what what, what do you attribute to this uh is it that kind of working class they're just like me kind of vibe do you think th- that powers this i think uh i think in the case of clerks like people just recognize like oh my god that's what i do at my job like i don't i don't do my job at my job i do anything other than my job to to get me through my job so i think that's what that movie has going for it and people like their friendship everyone always likes to believe they got somebody in their life that they're that tight with and whatnot um, and that movie reeks of authenticity because of it, because it was made by a guy who was literally working in retail when he made that movie. So it's weird to make a Clerks 3 and work in retail in a completely different way. Back when I made the first movie, I was an employee. Now I'm an employer. I own retail establishments and whatnot. And the whole, like, you know, this job would be great if we're in front of customers of old goes out the window once you own the business, you know. So it's, it's um, I, I think... What I could not bring to Clerks 3 in terms of authenticity of somebody who's in the trenches um, dealing with uh, the public and whatnot, public facing, I could bring authenticity in the way of like, oh, I'll put my heart attack in the movie. That's real. And that happened to me. And making Clerks became the focus of Clerks 3. And that was real. And that happened to me. In that way, it's not that dissimilar from the first Clerks, which was just predicated on my life at the time working in that convenience store. I find my always plays best if I crib from my real life as closely as I can. 
Otherwise, you know, it's like Tusk and people are like, where'd that come from? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, it, it sure seems like there is such a natural chemistry between all of you guys or else you are each Meryl Streep in your own way with, you know, phenomenal acting. Also, uh, which, also which a Jersey. Also may be the case. Also a yeah. Jersey native. It also, rubs off. Also a Jersey native. <laughs> uh, talk to me about this. You guys can just read each other before any lines are ever read. Is that right? I would think so, absolutely, by this point. You know, you're talking about, well, me and Jay have played these characters again and again and again, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, Brian and Jeff have definitely played Dante and Randall now probably six times over the course of their lives. I mean, and then include every episode of the cartoon that we ever did. Um, so, you know, I, I, I script pretty heavy, so everything's right there on the page, and the boys are loyal to the script they you know they they don't really ever try to ad lib or anything like that um but it's just like you know you'd read stories about people who played on a line with wayne gretzky and they talk about how he would pass without even looking to you and just knew that you'd be there same thing here you know when you've got that much familiarity team familiarity with the people that you play with because that's what it is. It's a game, right? We get to play. We get to make pretend for a living. Then you can pass without looking and know that, that it's going to wind up right on the, on the fat end of their stick because they're as seasoned at this as you are at this point. Uh, you know, this uh, past week, really, we've been reporting on your pals, uh, Jen, uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and their wedding and the uh, amazing celebration. You know, when you're reading it, celebrities are going to be there and Kevin Smith's going to be there. So you're you're just coming off the, the big Jen and Ben weekend. You know, I, I, I want to respect their privacy, but, mm. you know, at the same time. Uh, did you have a great time? Was it really fun? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Without, without, uh, you know, it's their day to talk about, and they will, I'm sure, eventually. But uh, from the from my perspective, um, one of the top five most beautiful moments of my life, and it wasn't my life, it wasn't my moment, it was theirs. But being witness to it was incredibly special. You know, I was there when the kids started their relationship, and watching them close the circle, stick the landing, uh, and land so so uh, uh, elegantly. Uh, it, it was beautiful. It was one of the most romantic things I've ever seen. Make you believe in true love. And, you know, I've known that dude for a long time now, three decades almost at this point. I met him back in 95 when we were auditioning on Mallrats. So I've seen him be happy. You know, I've seen the face of happiness when Ben Affleck's been happy across various moments of his career and he's always had much to be happy about i've never seen him happier than when he was standing there watching her walk down the aisle it was nah. it, it was absolutely bliss there's kevin smith talking about being at the wedding of jennifer lopez and uh, ben affleck we'll have much more on the wgn tv morning news i'm so fascinated by this artemis mission that you were just talking about I am too. I I can't wait. I love learning about this stuff. I love learning about sp space exploration. Uh, I love that they're going back to the moon. Uh, you know, as a, a stepping stone, I guess they're saying to to Mars. Yeah, the planet. I think for this one is there. This is an unmanned flight, so it's just going to be mannequins there. They're going to test it out, see if they can go to the moon, and then they want to actually take this next mission to Mars at some point. This will be like it'll be like Artemis will be the mission to Mars. So it's it's cool. We're getting close, and I, I just feel like with those you know the release of those star photos like a month or so back. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's just the the progress they're making is just really incredible. Now, do they get mannequins uh, from uh, Macy's? 
Uh, <laughs> like why? Why? Why mannequins? Why do they need mannequins in there? I don't know. Maybe in case they run into extraterrestrials, that they wanted to look like people are in the. You know how the they want police, to see if they'll engage with them. Yeah, you know, how, like sometimes in, in police cars, they put mannequins in there to make it look like a, a police officer is actually in the car, so people s- slow down. Is that <laughs> maybe they're convinced that there is something out there? Who knows? I mean, that could be why. Because honestly, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just to really, maybe it's for the cameras back at um, you know wherever they're doing this from. Maybe they can actually video in and see how it's looking, see how the you know test the safety features of the rocket, you know, seat belts and whatnot. That that's my assumption. I would seem like guess. you'd be able to do all that without having an actual mannequin sitting there. Put like a what would you put there instead? Just the computers. To, seems like they'd be Empty able seats. To, to measure anything. <laughs> I don't know. Be See, a fun I'm, fact for the elevator. Here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that some extraterrestrials are going to come by, see that, and think that that's what we look like. <laughs> that we all look like, and that our hands fall off at a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN, Sunday afternoon now on WGN. Uh, thank you so much for being here on this gorgeous morning. Uh, apparently about to turn into a not-so-gorgeous Sunday afternoon and evening. Uh, we are expecting some uh, pretty severe rain, by all accounts, to uh, come through the area. We hope to get you uh, some updates on that. Coming up in uh, just a, a few minutes. Also, uh, coming up in a few minutes, we'll get into our food time show today. I don't know anybody that has a backyard garden that you know they don't put tomatoes in. It seems like that's the number one thing you put in your your backyard gardens. And uh, the tomatoes are coming in like crazy. Late August is when you know things start to you know ripen and uh, get ready to pick and are amazing and delicious, and I can't get enough. Uh, as I've said uh, a couple of times, <clears throat> I, didn't, uh, I didn't put anything in the ground this year. I was having some work done on my deck, and uh, j- just the whole thing was just a mess uh, you know, while the construction was going on. Where I normally would put my garden, there was lawn, you know, outdoor furniture and you know, things like that. So, uh, poor Dean, wah, wah, I didn't have any tomatoes that I could grow myself this year. But uh, fortunately, I've got uh, generous neighbors and friends that have been sharing their tomatoes because everybody's got like 100 tomatoes sitting on their kitchen counters right now. Uh, so people have been super nice in uh, sharing all that. So coming up on the food show, our food segment, uh, I'm going to share some uh, tomato recipes that... Uh, we uh, did on television the other day, uh, and uh, but mostly I want to open up the uh, phone lines for you to share some of your favorite uh, tomato recipes. We did a couple of these last week, and uh, we're going to just cover it a, a little bit more because we got so many uh, requests and interest in it. Uh, so that's coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. I want to acknowledge, we can thank you uh, so much for all the calls every sunday morning uh for the hilarious uh texts that uh, people send in uh somebody you know we were talking about uh, kevin we were talking about the mannequins mm-hmm. in the is that the spaceship itself that's called artemis or is that the name of the mission i think that's just the name of the mission, the mission. but let okay. me triple check to make well, sure I, I, I was just curious but somebody you know somebody is uh we got a bunch of texts on that subject 
saying that mannequins are also used in crash tests for cars. Mm-hmm. So the text says, I imagine full-weight mannequins duplicate you know, humans useful for space tests. Yeah, they want to test maybe like the seat belts and whatnot, make sure everything is all secure in there just in case. That's, yeah. That that would be, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. And maybe they have, I, I would imagine, you know, these are super high-tech mannequins, right, that might have uh, sensors of... Is there certain, uh, you know, being being in space and what they're going to do in space, uh, does it have an effect on the heart area, on, you know, certain parts of the body where, where health may be related? So, uh, And I, I am looking, too. The Artemis 1 is actually, that's the name of the rocket. It's a 322-foot rocket. will attempt to send an empty crew capsule into far-flung orbit. So okay. far-flung forecast, okay. far-flung orbit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was talking about how they put uh, mannequins sometimes in police cars out on the highways. Uh, And somebody said, how about putting, uh, you know, the mannequin for the Artemis mission, put one in like they do police cars, but also put a box of Dunkin Donuts uh, in the spaceship also. So it fully (laughs) replicates the police car environment. People got jokes this morning. <laughs> we got comedians. We got tons of comedians listening to the show today. Uh, here's my favorite on the subject. How about a blow-up doll like they had in the airplane movie? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, we have the strangest, weirdest audience in Chicago radio, and that's why I love you all. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for the all the all the uh, nice and hilarious uh, texts uh, during the show, the calls during the show. We really appreciate it. The, the nice letters we get, nice letters, uh, a- actual handwritten letters uh, in the snail mail. So we uh, appreciate all of that. Very nice of you all. Uh, let me take a break because uh, I do want to get serious for a second. Uh, with this severe weather that looks like it's going to be coming through the Chicago area a little bit later on. We'll check in with our WGN Weather Department coming up next. 1219. Dean Richards Sunday morning on WGN. And uh, I wanted to get a little update on what's going to be happening weather-wise today. It could not be more gorgeous outside right now. But uh, what a difference a few hours apparently will be making. Bill Snyder is a weather producer over at WGN-TV. Tom Skilling's right-hand man, if you will. Uh, And he joins us on the phone right now. Bill, uh, thank you for letting me interrupt your Sunday morning. How are you, pal? You know, Dean, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you, my friend, and and you can interrupt me anytime, buddy. Well, careful. (laughs) How are you doing? Careful if you say that, because you know, if we, you know, when we when we have stuff like what apparently is going to be coming into Chicago area later, I do want to get a little more information on it because all all the signs are pointing to it's going to be kind of a severe afternoon. It's possible, Dean. You know, um, as you mentioned, how, you know, looking out the window now, just how, how sunny and gorgeous it is. And, uh, 
you know, that's 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 good and bad in in the weather uh, terminology here because what's happening is is that this warm laden humid atmosphere is setting the stage for what will likely be the development of strong to possibly severe thunderstorms this afternoon. Um, you know, it's it's noticeably warmer and more humid than certainly it's been in a while. Temperatures across the area, Dean, are bumping up against ninety degrees, and uh, you know that type of warm laden juicy atmosphere just gives these storms uh, a little bit more oomph to work with and um, so that's that's you know kind of when you see that situation develop it sets off alarm bells in our head and we we certainly will have to keep an eye on it because as these storms barrel into 90 degree heat we, we're we're in the midst of probably will be the warmest temperature here in three weeks we haven't had a 90 degree temperature right. Since since back on August the sixth, and uh, you know, as of as of twelve noon, it was eighty eight at Midway. So I have every reason to believe they're going to get above ninety, and uh, you know, that'll that'll just give these storms, uh, um, you know, more juice to work with. And um, so we're looking right now, Dean, in the time frame as. Uh, you know, far northwest Illinois, out you know towards Rockford and and the Quad Cities, those areas could see storms as early as you know two three o'clock. I think for the immediate Chicago area, far western suburbs, probably looking at around four o'clock, and then um, as as you get in close into the city of Chicago, it'll probably be somewhere between five six and and five six and eight o'clock this evening. So, if you have outdoor plans, you certainly want to uh, keep an eye to the sky and have your uh, have your WGN weather app handy in case you know any watches or uh, warnings may become necessary with as conditions develop. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, uh, get whatever you need to get done outside done early today. Right. Right. That, exactly. And and that's and you know that's the beauty of of uh, you know summer thunderstorms because you know as we always caution Dean is that you know they they tend to be scattered and and not necessarily hit every area the same way they just they just that just doesn't the atmosphere doesn't work that way so one area may get hit a lot harder than another and and you have other areas that don't get anything so that's why it's just it's important to uh you know to have the you know the weather app on your phone and uh you know we'll notify you of your specific area or location if if there's a storm that's approaching or if it's you know impending um and and it gives you enough time to uh to take cover or get inside yeah that weather app is uh, i i can't even tell you how wonderful uh and how handy it's become right in so many ways not yeah, only not only really with, with the actual predictions and you know things like that but being able to yeah. actually look at the radar and you know right. put it into fast forward uh, you know I'm exactly kind of exactly like, and, and, and Tom, you know tom our, skilling bill snyder mode with my little radar i don't even know what i'm looking at but you know i feel like i can kind of predict myself what's going to be happening just, right just and, based and you know on your animation. We, always, we always tell people dean to you know to make sure they they they, they have you know, you can easily zone in on your location, and and that's important because peeps. Not everybody has has a general idea of of you know they might know what their county is, but on a, on a map, they're not able to, to to pinpoint exactly where they live um, based on on the county area. So that's that's important too. Yeah. But uh, but you're right; it does give a general idea of of storm movement and and where they're developing and where they're going to hit. And and I mean the technology has gotten. So so much better over the years. I mean, I, I just just in, as as long as I've been doing this, I'm I'm just amazed 
at, at how, you know, how well that we're able to predict. And, and our modeling, our computer modeling has gotten so much better. And so we're able to flag this situation down and, um, you know, and give people enough, enough time to, uh, to prepare for such type of situation. And the storm prediction center who, um, issues the outfit in Norman, Oklahoma, they issue our, our severe thunderstorm watches and our tornado watches. Um, they have upgraded the western portion of our viewing area. So as you get in the Fox Valley, western suburbs and out towards Rockford to a level two for severe weather today, that's a level two out of five scale or a slight risk. The immediate Chicago area is a, is in a level one or a marginal risk, which is, you know, it's, it's a low assessment, but it doesn't mean that, you know, what all it takes is one storm and, uh, you know, the, the primary threat with these storms today is going to be damaging winds. That's, that's, you know, we've got enough low level support in the atmosphere. There's enough wind shear that that's developing. And, um, so any of these storms that do develop, will be able to tap into some of that wind energy and, and bring that down to the surface. So that's, that's what we're going to be keeping an eye on as far as, uh, you know, the storms. It could be some brief, heavy downpours and, uh, of course, uh, dangerous lightning. You don't want to be outside during that because, um, you know, lightning is, is just as dangerous as, um, you know, as anything else in, in a thunderstorm. Sure. And uh, so so that's those are the things that we'll be concerned with with storms that do develop later this afternoon. Now, could the conditions the way they are, uh, is it possible that tornadoes could develop? Uh, you know, you can, you know, Dean, it's, it, I, 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 the tornado threat isn't zero, but it's actually, it's very low. Um, and again, you know, when you get a, a severe thunderstorm to pop up, you can never, you know, never guarantee that you can't get a tornado to spin up out of, out of this situation. But uh, right now, the, uh, the greatest threat for tornadoes is, is well up to our north and west out of, out of Illinois. But there is, there is a very, very minimal uh, risk. So uh, not really in Chicago proper, but I'd say out towards, um, you know, towards uh, DeKalb County, Kane County out that area that, that there's an off chance that you could get a brief spin up. But uh, this does not look like the type of situation where um, you're going to get produce widespread tornadoes or damaging tornadoes. So, so that's good. But, but, you know, again, when you're dealing with a severe thunderstorm, it's all academic because even if you don't get a tornado, as we saw, remember, uh, a couple years ago, Dean, when we had that derecho barrel barrel through the city, and oh, yeah. we had all that tree damage. I mean, yeah. you can get a, a batch of thunderstorms to do plenty of damage without producing a tornado. So it's it's you know it's equally it can be as equally destructive. So uh, mostly, you've been talking about uh, western areas, uh, Rockford, Quad Cities. Uh, yeah, every, those, are the, those are the areas that, so, uh, that seem to have a little bit better um, upper-level support. Okay, so so is, is it more like that? I, I mean, I, I know we won't know until it gets here, but right. uh, is, is the, are those the areas that are more likely as opposed to eastern areas, southern areas? that yes. might, might be affected by that today. Yes, and again, and, that, and that's not to say that we can't get a stronger severe thunderstorm, but those areas out west of us are in just a, a, a slightly higher risk. You know, they're, they're, the, the risk level is, is a level two of five out there versus a level one here. So that seems to be, um, be where, um, you know, the most formidable storms um, could develop. And, and all these storms that do develop are going to be tracking to the northeast. So... That's why I expect those areas to to see the action sooner than than we will here in you know say the city of Chicago or the close in suburbs in Indiana and um, you know close proximity to the city. Yeah, two one nine area code texts in. Will northwestern Indiana see any of these severe storms tonight? It's 
possible. They're, you know, the, the Northwest Indiana is in the risk, uh, but they're also in a, uh, a level one, just like the city of Chicago and, uh, you know, again, the close-in suburbs. So so I'm not going to say give the all-clear sign to Northwest Indiana, but uh, those areas were, are likely to see storms develop later, um, later in the day. It may even be um, beyond sunset in Northwest Indiana. And, you know, the one thing about the storms, Dean, is as you get later into the evening is we lose some of the instability that we have going for us right now this afternoon you know the the atmosphere beyond sunset you lose your peak daytime heating which helps you know um, contribute to the strength of these storms so that's one thing that that will um, work to our advantage if uh, certainly to uh, deter the strongest storms in those areas so yeah that's that's how it looks right now for northwest indiana okay so for the, the chicago the main chicago area probably around four o'clock yeah for, the, you know i i just kind of bracket the four to eight time range okay. in there and, and right. that's that's a period that you know if you like you like we've been talking if you got stuff to do outside or if you have anything you know any yard work you need to get done or you're planning a walk or you know whatever that might be um you know get it get it done now and uh after four o'clock is is probably a good idea to certainly take a look at the radar and um also you know the possibility that the um, storm prediction center you know they may issue a watch um you know usually when we get into a level two like i said parts of our area are in a level two risk um it wouldn't surprise me if um you know they're watching the conditions closely to see where you know where these storms develop and um to what intensity they they may decide that you know a, a weather watch may become necessary so that's that'll be something to keep an eye on as well but uh for the, the short term there's no, no problems right now okay next what, few hours no the, problem what's the coming week looking like it's gonna be a hot week or you know leading no, into actually, Labor Day? So, so it'll dean we'll, we're gonna have a cold front swing through tomorrow afternoon so um it'll be another warm day tomorrow we might get some uh uh, it could get another round of scattered thunderstorms in the morning up until about midday. Then I think what will happen is the winds will switch around to the west-northwest, and we'll start to introduce some drier air. And um, so we may be in the mid-80s. It'll still be pretty muggy tomorrow. Um, then we'll see our, our temperatures uh, uh, step downward um, as we move through the rest of the week. By Tuesday, um, it'll still be a warm day in the low 80s, but but with lower humidity. And then um, behind that, we've got a gorgeous stretch of, uh, of comfortable weather, uh, kind of nature's air conditioning, if you call it, nice. with temperatures uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the mid to upper 70s and uh, low temperatures around 60. So just ideal sleeping weather and, uh, yeah. you know, you won't, won't need the air conditioners and uh, it'll be it'll be really perfect, perfect almost perfect perfect for the labor day weekend who you know it's the, yeah it's the, yeah exactly we'll the start best. to warm up over the it looks like we'll start to warm up again over okay. labor day weekend but uh hey we we got some really gorgeous weather coming um you know middle and end of next week ladies and gentlemen this guy is the greatest right here mr bill snyder tom skilling's weather producer his right hand man and giving you the weather on uh, wgn tv and uh, i always appreciate when he can jump on the phone with us here real quick to get us the latest thank you my friend hey dean it's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh and, and of course our listeners and i hope everybody has a great sunday and uh, just just keep an eye to the sky it is twelve forty. dean richard sunday morning on wgn and time for our food time show chicago radio's only cooking and dining show our award-winning all things edible program heard every sunday at this time and i wanted to talk about tomatoes tomatoes all the tomatoes that are coming in on everyone's backyard gardens right now wanted to spend some more time 
uh, collecting some of your recipes and things that you do with the tomatoes. We talked about it a little bit uh, last week, and uh, I did a segment on television uh, this past week, my weekly cooking segment, uh, doing uh, four different recipes for uh, tomato recipes. So let me open up the phone lines, number one for that. Uh, But also, I wanted to just throw out there also, this coming Wednesday, uh, I'm going to be doing pizzas on the grill. I do this once or twice a year because I love pizzas on the grill. They're so delicious, uh, so inventive. And uh, when I do it, I start to get people start sending me what they do with pizzas on the grill. And uh, I would like to get some of your recipes for that. And maybe I'll steal some of your recipes give you the credit for it, but uh, do them on on television this coming uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning at 9.30 is when I do my cooking segment. So 312-981-7200 is uh, the telephone number. Uh, Off of the text line this morning, a couple of things. Number one, from the 708 area code, uh, Dean, I'm in a kayak right now listening. Uh, Loved your guest who would not leave. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was frank ferranti from the new uh, cabaret zazu show luminaire that's uh, going to be opening on september the 7th over at hotel cambria uh he's uh, a great guy really fun guy and a friend and uh, we you know we had him on to talk about his new show and he would not leave the studio uh <laughs> It was, it actually was pretty funny. So, but thank you. Hey, enjoy your kayaking. Get that done before all the rain is going to be uh, coming in uh, a little bit later on. Uh, I've got another text. Let me see here. We're talking about uh, tomato recipes and somebody uh, checked in from the 847 area code. Dean, hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you very much. Uh, I like egg white, tomato, and mushroom omelets. Well, that sounds fantastic. Uh, you know, egg whites, simply separating the egg or buying the egg whites. You know, you can buy egg whites just in a, in a carton that makes it uh, a lot more easy. You just take the egg whites and uh, I'm going to guess maybe saute the mushrooms, right, a little bit before you put them into the egg whites. And uh, if it were me, I would, uh, I would cut up uh, some of these delicious fresh tomatoes and throw those in. I don't think too much pre-cooking would actually need to be done with that. A little salt and pepper in there, and that's a fantastically uh, delicious and super, super healthy uh, omelet right there. That's a, a, a great idea. Uh, let me see if we have any others here real quick. Uh, we'll get to those in a second here. 312-981-7200. We've got a pizza recipe suggestion. Kevin, hello. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. How are you today? Very well. Thank you for calling in. I think you'd like this one. It's, uh, I'm a chef, and I, I make my own dough and, you know, brush it a little bit with you know, olive oil and put it on the grill, and then I cover it with uh, some crumbled feta cheese, mm. and then I take sliced tomatoes, drizzle balsamic glaze on it, and then I top the tomato with thinly sliced pieces of strawberry. Oh, it my God. Strawberry. Well, have you ever have you ever had a strawberry dipped in balsamic glaze? It's unreal. It's delicious. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't think of connecting it with the feta cheese, the salty and the sweet. Uh, but I, I yeah, I'll bet that would be fantastic. 
It really is. It's very refreshing. It's really a really nice flavor profile. Uh, you know what? Worth I, a try. I'm going to steal your recipe. I'm going to do that on TV this week. That sounds really, really good. Now, before, Fantastic. Yeah, before I let you go, though, uh, tell me, you say you make your own crust, right? Yes. What, what, tell me how, how you do that, because, you know, on TV, I've been using these bobbly crusts. <laughs> Just because it's easy, uh-huh. it's easy on TV. It's a you know a lot less mess when you're doing it at a, at a remote location. Uh, but I was when I when I was uh, uh, doing it, I read one of the packages and saw the sodium content of these bobbly pizza crusts. It's through the yeah, roof. It's ridiculously high. Uh, I guess right. because, because probably have because it's. Have you ever had a Detroit style pizza? Uh, in in the like a sheet pan. No, it's like uh, Jets is very famous for their, it's called Detroit style. Um, I use, it's it's just, you know, you can look it up online. Uh, I'm in my car right now, but it's just, it's four ingredients. And it's a very, it's a, it's a light wheat. So the way to look at hard wheat will eat more like a bagel. Yeah. Light wheat will eat more like a, a donut. Okay. Um, and it, it has really big cell structure in it. And I use that on it because it browns nicely and it cooks quickly. And like I said, it has crispiness on the edge, but it's a really nice, airy bite on the inside yeah, of it. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And like I said, with those combinations of the cheese and the balsamic glaze oh. and the tomato and strawberry, it's really, really tasty. Yeah, you've got me really curious about this uh, this mixture of flavors in here. I'm definitely going to give that a try. But it's, So I should look up, uh, what did you say, Detroit-style pizza crust? De- De- Detroit-style pizza crust. Okay. Four, basically four ingredients. Um you know, your yeast, your flour, water, and I believe I added sugar, a little bit of sugar to it. But Are you you're used- absolutely right. I mean, I, I work as a flavor developer, uh, for, you know, developing new flavors for restaurant chains and, and big manufacturers. Oh, and wow. You, you'd be stunned if you <laughs> the ingredient decks on some of these things. It's like, oh, my. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think when I'm, you know, for convenience, can't beat, uh, you know, just cutting the cellophane thing open and, basically warming it up a little bit but uh but i mean it's just you know like like the detroit style you know you mix all the ingredients you let it rise and just rest for 24 hours you roll it out you're done i mean it's just it's so easy yeah it's not that it's really not that difficult and uh you know health wise uh no you 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 can't uh beat it i'm definitely do you use regular uh, all-purpose flour or a wheat flour on that yes yes okay all-purpose i think i'm gonna do both i'm i'm completely stealing your idea uh, <laughs> Please do Kevin. and enjoy. Yeah, I appreciate right, that. A, Ooh, that sounds all good. Right, have a great day. Thanks, buddy. You too. Uh, wow, feta, uh, the uh, uh, tomatoes, and uh, a, a drizzle of uh, balsamic and strawberries. Hmm, how very very interesting. All right, I'm definitely. Uh, you can look for me to uh, steal and uh, do that recipe on television this coming week uh here's the 708 area code dean uh i love thick slices of tomato with burrata cheese and reduced balsamic yeah i sort of made something like that on tv this week i added one thing which uh i'm not sure was a great idea or not but let me let me tell you i mean the burrata cheese is like a ball of uh, mozzarella except it's way creamier way more delicious little more expensive but i think worth it uh and you know you get these uh, tomatoes that you're picking right out of your yard they're so delicious cut them nice and thick 
with the burrata cheese, a nice big ball of burrata cheese. I surrounded it with the tomatoes. I throw uh, fresh uh, basil. I rip up the the basil uh, and uh, put that on there as well. And then you can either take your balsamic vinegar and reduce it in a pan until it gets syrupy, or you can buy the balsamic glaze, which they already sell in the store, and it's already uh, reduced and already nice and thick. But e- either way, it's super delicious. And uh, that's that's a fantastic idea. The thing that I added to it in the recipe that I did on TV this week was uh, some slices of cantaloupe, which, uh, you know, it, it, it tasted good. Hardly anybody wanted to touch it. I think, you know, it just wasn't... It wasn't something that people are used to. Some people also put watermelon in with their uh, tomato, uh, their burrata, and, uh, you know, the the whole thing. Basically a caprese salad. Some people put watermelon uh, in with that, with the sweetness. And, uh, you know, it's it's very polarizing to throw the fruit in with the caprese. Some people love it, and some people don't even want to touch it. And it was probably, of the four things that I made on TV this week... That one was probably the least favorite. Uh, I made a Greek village salad, which is, it's a salad without lettuce. So it's fresh cut, you know, the tomatoes. It's primarily, I would say probably about 70% uh, of the fresh cut tomatoes. Uh, Then you put in some uh, cucumber. You put in some green pepper. <clears throat> and uh, I, I like to put in uh, a nice uh, Vidalia onion, uh, you know, nice a nice sweet one, oil and vinegar, and uh, some salt, pepper, and oregano, and you can't beat that. I did a similar salad with some roasted corn and uh, tomato and an apple cider vinegar. That was absolutely delicious. By far the favorite of what I cooked on TV this week, a uh, pasta I I took some cherry tomatoes, cut them in half, and oven-roasted them, 250 degrees, for two hours until they, you know, they they reduced down, uh, but intensified in flavor, basically like sun-drying them, except I did it in my oven. I mixed that in with some pesto sauce and some lemon zest, by far the most favorite of all the tomato recipes that I did. John Hansen coming up with Let's Get Legal right after the 1 o'clock news. Stick around for that as we wind up our food time show for today. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show, talking tomatoes, talking pizza. That's what I'm going to be cooking on TV this coming Wednesday. Uh, pizza's on the grill. So fantastic. And kind of the, the subject of pizza doughs has come up today and how easy it is to make pizza dough. A bunch of texts have coming in saying that they just buy their pizza dough already made at the uh, grocery store, and uh, it's absolutely delicious. I've I've done that as well, uh, and that works out okay. Here's one from Chuck in Lincolnshire. Dean, I make my own pizza dough in my bread machine, uh, but I also add Italian seasoning and garlic to the dough. That sounds like a fantastically delicious idea right there. Uh, I'm going to give that a try. I think I'm going to try doing this. Normally, I do it with the bobbly pizza crust because it's easy. You know, it's easy when you're doing it on TV. you got to do it kind of quick and get everything done uh, quickly. I'm going to figure out a way so I can show how easy it is to make pizza dough. 
and uh, also make some fantastic pizzas uh, with some new recipes and uh, some some pizza recipes. By far the most popular pizza recipe that I've done on TV is my barbecue chicken pizza, where you take you know the, the dough, you put a, la- a thin layer of barbecue sauce on top of it, some roasted chicken, some caramelized onions, and a little bit of mozzarella cheese. It's the most delicious pizza ever. I'll show you how to make it on TV this coming Wednesday.